What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. What is up? Oh, no, no, no. Buffalo Fanatics. The reason I'm late tonight. No. My producers. No. Oh, my God. Oh, I wanted to introduce you to my newest producers, and they just got out of my hands. Oh, my God. Give me two seconds. I got to go hunt them down. Oh, my God. Give me two seconds. Oh, my God. I'm a cat dad now, and I'm going through the growing pains. Be back in two seconds. Oh, my God. Well, that did not go according to plan at all. Wow. Welcome into the smoke break, everybody. Z-Bot here with you. Live on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel on a Monday night. Well, for a brief moment there, you might have saw them in my hands before they escaped with the elusiveness of a James Cook, a Josh Allen in the pocket. Those are my two newest producers, my two newest best friends that I just picked up over the weekend with my fiance Caroline, and I really wanted to introduce you to them, but they were having none of it. None of it. Oh my gosh. Welcome to the smoke break. So that is the two newest additions to Bill's Mafia. Toons and Tofu. My two newest kittens. Can you believe it? I've never owned a cat in my entire life. My girlfriend, now fiance, Caroline, has had cats her entire life. And we've been together for eight years. She's always wanted her own cats. And we finally bit the bullet and did it over the weekend. We were supposed to only get one. And the foster parents of my two beautiful, gorgeous, cute little kittens said, listen, how do you feel about taking in two? Because they're brother and sister and they're emotionally attached to one another. And at that point, there was no way. After you get one look in these little guys' eyes, there was no way we could split those two apart. There was no way we could say no. And I knew the second that that, that, that was uttered to us, the, hey, how do you feel about getting two between my fiance and just looking at their eyes? I knew damn well right in that moment, we're coming home with two kittens. Now, they've been in the house... <laughs> We've had them for 24 hours, almost to the minute, a little, a little longer. We have gotten along terrifically. I love these cats. I've never owned a cat in my life, like I mentioned. I've had a dog in the house ever since I was one day old. I had a dog in the house. Bruno, Bianca, then it was Bo and Brutus. And then all the way up until I moved to Stanford, Connecticut, my main man, Blue, who's watching at home right now with my parents. I've had a dog forever. No cats, though. My mom was always allergic and just never was in the cards for us. Like I mentioned, though, Caroline, huge cat person. We bit the bullet. Now, I, what I'm getting at here is we have had a terrific 24 hours. In fact, if I can pull it up here, I have become just... I am now I am now the world's greatest cat dad. And I cannot believe that my life has come to this because two weeks ago I was a bachelor, so to speak, right? Even though I had been in a relationship for eight years. Two weeks for, or within literally one week, I am now an engaged man and a cat dad. 
I am an engaged man and a cat dad. I mean, when they tell you life comes at you fast, I don't think they quite let you know just how fast it comes at you. But with that said, I absolutely love every bit of it. I love it. And the second we got these cats home, they have become my new best buddies. In fact, I have gotten almost no work done today because I can't leave them. And this was the first moment I brought them into the office because as you can see behind me, I got a lot of uh, trinkets, little, as my grandma would say, little gizmos and gadgets laying around in here. This is the last place on earth you want a kitten roaming around in because there is a million different things that they can chew on or whatever. And I also have the majority of my life's work inside of this office. Everything I've ever collected, whatever is in here and the kittens, it, it would not be a good recipe. So I bring them in here. The reason I was late to the show, I'm running around trying to get these, these two little guys in my hands, which is like, it's like chasing around a greased pig. And Caroline, who's had cats forever, is like, you know, you just got to grab them. You just got to grab them. And she'll grab them. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're hurting them. I'm like, don't do that. Don't grab them like that. They're, the size, they're literally the size of, that, of this Bill's helmet behind me. They're like the size of a mini helmet. And she's just scooping them up. So she's not here. And I was hoping she'd come on in with the cats, do the grand reveal. It would be awesome. She's not here. So I had to do it all by my lonesome. So the, for the last 15 minutes prior to the show, I chased him around and we have been, we have had the best relationship. We, we, we spent the entire night last night together. We slept and cuddled the entire night. I, I am officially uh, the world's greatest cat dad. I'm trying to pull up the photos, but it won't let me. I'm going to, let me, let me show. I want to show you what I've got going on and how now I feel like I have just, I have just lost their trust. I, I you, you are watching me uh, unfold right now because I feel as though I might've just lost their trust chasing them around the damn house. Cause they're probably terrified of me now. Oh my God. I'm a bit, I'm a bit broken inside right now. I hope that, you know, they have the maturity level, even though they're only eight weeks old. I hope they have the maturity level to forgive me for trying to bring them on to the Buffalo fanatics, YouTube network and show them off to the world. I mean, that's all I wanted to do. I hope they know my intentions were good. I look downstairs. Now they're, they're, they're eating and whatever, which, so they're probably fine. But, uh, oh no, there's Caroline's in here. Caroline's in here. Caroline, if you're home, bring them up here and tell them I'm sorry. I feel so, I, I can't even lie to you right now. I'm like, I'm like sick to my stomach. I feel like I might've just ruined it. I might've just tarnished this relationship. Um, Anyway, though, love these freaking cats. I cannot, once again, I cannot stress to you enough how in awe I am at the fact that I own uh, two cats now. There was never a moment in my life where I had thought that I'd own a cat, and then I met Caroline. I knew it would become inevitable someday. Although I didn't know how inevitable it would become this quickly. I put the ring on Caroline's uh, finger, and I got two kittens in the house less than a week later. I mean, that is a smart lady. That is a smart lady. She is taking advantage of the opportunity at hand. I got to give her credit for that. I got the espresso going late at uh, late night here. Big time being coming in here saying cats won't remember that. I don't know. These are a couple of smart young cats. They're going to look at this bearded uh, bearded face and they're going to they're going to they're going to see they're going to see Satan now. 
I have the, I, I don't know why every time I try to put uh, a picture up on here, it never goes the way I want it to. I have it on my phone here. Let's see if you can see it. All right. There's, there's daddy and there's daddy and the kids hanging out before the show. So they were loving me beforehand. They must, they must be afraid of the limelight. And then there they are. There's, there's my, there's my boy and my girl. So on your left side, that's tofu. And as you can imagine, that's the one I named. Caroline had a vision forever of naming a cat tofu. It's her favorite food. I know you're all thinking what I'm thinking. What the hell? When you love someone, you roll with the punches, and now I'm calling the thing tofu. I mean, that's what, that's what happens in life. And then my main man on the right, Tunes. Now, believe it or not, quick little story before we get into Bill's talk tonight. We've got a variety of things to talk about, a lot of fun stuff to get into. Believe it or not, I had a nickname that was just as prominent as Zbot was. Now, my dad, God bless him, there was, there was always something going on in that brain of his that he just had these ideas firing off left and right, but they were never anything. It's, it's tough to explain. I don't even know how you come up with half this stuff. He comes up with Zbot on the spot. That's what everybody's called me the rest of my life. Um, but there was also another iconic nickname. It was Tunes. No reason about it. Just was what it was. Guy's a creative genius. T-U-N-Z. Now, Tunes kind of hit the back burner when Z-Bot really stuck on with everybody, but my grandmother still calls me Tunes. I still get Tunes every now and then from my dad. But I figured, all right, if you're going to name the one cat Tofu, I'm a big fan of having the same initial syllable, the same initial letter for animals growing up my whole life. Like I said, it was uh, Bruno, Bianca, Bo, Brutus, and now Blue. It was always B. So we were rolling with the T's. And I said tunes. It, it's it was it was a blessing. It was it was perfect. It was it was it hit me in the car. We were going to get some smoothies. Hit me. I go tunes. Now I thought it would be smart. She wasn't loving this, but I thought it would be smart to name the the lady cat. The lady uh now named Tofu. But I thought it would be pretty intelligent to name her Selena and the male cat Kyle, Selena Kyle, after Catwoman and Batman. Now that to me was genius. But Caroline says, I've never, I'm not a Batman person. I said, that's right. And I'm really not either. I'm a huge Spider-Man guy. But I said, we'll save, we'll save that type of naming for when we have children, because here is my main goal in life. My main goal in life for Caroline and I is to have triplet boys and then immediately just neuter me, neuter me, dog, call the dogs off. We're done. We're set up. So that's the goal to have triplets. And here's what I want to name them. Doc, Otto, and Octavius. After one of the greatest supervillains in the history of all, of all mankind, Dr. Otto Octavius, better known as Doc Ock. You cannot tell me that that is not. The greatest name combination of all time, Doc, Otto, Octavius. And you can ask Caroline, I have been clamoring for this name combination since we met. And we still obviously do not have children. We just got engaged. But that has never wavered. That is, a, that is a primary goal of mine in life. And I hope that I have the opportunity to do it at some point. Now, even if we have twins, and, I, and my mother's a twin, her father, my grandfather was a twin. So it's in the cards. It's in the cards. So even if we have twins, it's going to be Doc and Otto. I love the name Doc. 
And I think Otto's a sweet name too. Octavius, we're getting a little crazy. The third guy to, to come out there, if we have triplets, the third guy to come out, he's going to have one of those like 1800 science, science, uh, you know, scientist names, Octavius. But it's pretty sweet. So anyway, I'm a cat dad now. I'm an engaged cat dad now. And uh, as you can see, football needs to begin. Football needs to start, huh? How about some football? Need to get a little bit of that, at least a little bit of, back, of my livelihood back in the mix here, right? Now that I'm the cat dad, I feel like I need to get a little bit more of my lifestyle back on the tracks here. And we're just one month away. We are just one month away from tonight. And I can't, I just, I simply can't wait. And what really fueled me up, let me get the exact day count, by the way. I always forget every week. I, uh, I always forget the amount of days. I feel like I should just chop off six, seven days, whatever it is until the next show. I always forget. Okay. We are exactly one month, 35 days, 35 days till tonight or from tonight. And you want to know what really got me flown up, flowed up again for the hype of, of, of week one for us was watching the jets take on the Browns this past weekend in the hall of fame game. Now I know what many people were thinking, right? It's the hall of fame game. Who gives a rip? I hear you. I hear you, but you're not watching it for, for good football. You're watching it because it is football. You turn the game on and you see two NFL uniforms out on the field. You see two NFL teams out on the field with the shield logo you got Collinsworth. You, you never thought, you know, I mean, I know many people. I'm a Collinsworth guy. It's self-admitted. I know 90% of Bill's Mafia isn't, so I know I'm preaching to the wrong crowd here. But even you had to admit it was nice to hear Chris Collinsworth's voice the other night with Mike Tirico for the Hall of Fame game, right? And then they were playing the... And you, I just got chills just doing that. It's to me, the hall of fame game. No, you're not watching it because it's good. You're watching it because that is signifying the start of the NFL season. That is the moment in time when you realize we're here, baby, we're here. That is the, the, the first, that's the pace slap, right? And we got a couple more pace laps to go here over the next 35 days or so. Boom. It's here. But while we're watching, and I'm, sh I'm sure many of you probably felt the same, but as you're watching the Hall of Fame game and they put in deeper and deeper uh, guys off the bench, they, they pivot away from really even talking about the game at all, and they just start talking about, you know, the, the storylines for each team. They talked a lot about Deshaun Watson. Uh, obviously, you know, they talk about Nick Chubb and whoever else. But, of course, the primary storyline of the entire Hall of Fame game was Aaron Rodgers. He actually goes live with Tariko and Collinsworth. They put on, he puts on the headset and they do like a 20 minute interview with him. And they're just, uh, everybody's goo goo gaga over Aaron Rodgers as if he like, it's almost as if like Aaron Rodgers left the planet for a year and came back and everybody's like, oh, our savior, he's come back. Here he is. It's like, it's like everybody's got to just like, hmm. They got to just love them. 
They got to just love Aaron Rodgers. Every little thing about him. Every time somebody talks to him, it's like it's like they're talking to somebody that I don't even know how to explain it, like a prophet or something. The guy didn't make the playoffs last year in a weak NFC and, and wasn't even close in their own division to Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Can we just chill out for a second about Aaron Rodgers? I am so sick of it and that is why i start the show with this tonight because i realize in that moment as i'm watching yet again another 20 minute just exercise of putting aaron Rodgers on a pedestal that i'm like man in literally five weeks from now it's all out on the table it is all out on the field for 60 minutes of hard-nosed ball to immediately get bragging rights for the afc east pete's coming in here it's actually a great way to put it He's getting the LeBron treatment with the media. It's very accurate. Because as you know, you turn on ESPN the last 20 years, you're not going 20 minutes without a LeBron story. It doesn't matter what the hell is going on. If there's nothing, they'll just let you know what the hell the guy had for breakfast. I mean, if you notice anytime anything in the sports world happens and LeBron James happens to comment on it, that that is the main story. Like, for instance, if... Um, Trying to think of an example here because there's been a million of them throughout time, but let's just let's just say, for instance, over the weekend, what did Bryson DeChambeau for the Live Tour? He what did he, he shot a 58 or something? Really impressive round for uh, Bryson DeChambeau, right? So if LeBron were to comment on a PGA Tour picture of Bryson DeChambeau and say, "My man, great round, love to see it," one of my faves, that would be like the leading story on ESPN. It would be, oh, Bryson DeChambeau shot a 58, one of his best round of his career, yada, yada. And here's what LeBron James had to say about the matter. And it's like, dude, I, I like LeBron. I don't hate on LeBron. The guy was the greatest athlete of my entire generation. I'm not his biggest fan, but I sure as hell appreciate what the hell he is. It doesn't mean I want to know exactly what his thoughts are on absolutely everything. I don't need to have him incorporated into everything, especially when it has nothing to do with him. And that seems to be the whole thing now with Aaron Rodgers, where it's just every time you bring up the NFL or anything to do with this coming season, you have got to bring up Aaron Rodgers and you have got to bring him up in length. And of course, this game was the perfect time to do that because it is sort of circled around Aaron Rodgers. The Jets are playing hard knocks kicks off Tuesday night. I can't wait for that. Cannot wait to see the inside of the locker room with the Jets here. I'm very excited. Um, especially cannot wait to see it uh, after week one there when the Bills take it to them in their house. I cannot wait for that episode. We're going to have to wait about a month for that one, but that's going to be already scheduled on the DVR. So anyway, you're sitting here and you're watching them talk to Rodgers, and this has been going on for months now, and I'm just thinking to myself, man, I, I can't, I can't, I've never been more excited. Now, if you, if you go back a year ago, if you go back a year ago to, you know, right around this time and you, and you, you pulled up one of my old videos, You'd hear me say the same type of thing about the Rams game. And truth be told, at that time, I had never been more excited for an opening game. How could you not be? One, it was the most hype the Bills team has ever been. Not just in my lifetime, but let's face it, really ever. I mean, it was Super Bowl or bust by everybody. And then, you know, you're playing the defending champion, the defending champions in the L.A. Rams. You're playing it in the newest and most incredible stadium in the entire league. And it's the first game of the entire season. I mean, it was just an incredible spectacle. And then for them to go out and win the way they did, man. But this is a whole different ball game. This is 10 times bigger than that to me. No, it's not the first game of the season, but who cares? The first game of the season's Lions Chiefs. No one had that on their radar. I mean, I'm still excited for that one, but 
this is this is it, man. We're talking the first Monday night game of the year. It's on 9-11 in New York. I mean, that right there is just a storyline in itself. Just that's going to be a sight with the flag out on the field. MetLife will never be more packed ever. I mean, that will be the most packed that stadium has ever been. And Taylor Swift just did a three-night stint there a couple months ago. That place is going to be mobbed. And you got Aaron Rodgers' first game as a New York Jet. And it's against the Buffalo Bills. Now, as a Bills fan, all of us, I, 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 I encourage you. This has got to be the most amped you've, you've been to start a season. And if you don't feel this way yet, just hear me out. Rodgers' entire season is going to be dictated based off of this one game, right off of the bat. And not only is Rodgers' entire season going to be dictated off of this one game, but the Bills' entire season is, Josh Allen's entire season is, and the state of the AFC East, and as you know, the whole of the AFC in itself as well. That whole thing is going to be set up in that one night. Now, of course, we all know that none of that is accurate. None of that stands. And every week in the NFL, it's just a revolving door of insane news stories that flip-flop from one week to the next. But there is only one week one, and there's only one opportunity to kickstart the season off right. And the New York Jets, who have never been more full of themselves in their entire life, including Aaron Rodgers, so much so that he was willing to take a $30 million pay cut, right? just to prove to the Jets that he wants to be here, right? That's how everybody's taking it. That's how everybody's looking at this. He's just proving how much he loves the Jets and wants to be here. How could he love them that much? He's been there for two months. And of course he loves it there because everybody's like, oh my God, thank God we have a quarterback that can actually get rid of the ball. So of course everybody loves him. But it's just tumbleweeded into this insanity. And the Bills have an opportunity to just put that to an end. In one night, divisional game, as Roy Collins is saying, on the road. I mean, even if even if Aaron Rodgers wasn't a part of this game, it would still be absolutely massive on that stage to open the year up, right? Under the lights, Monday night football, it would still be massive, but this takes it to a whole other level. And you know as well as I, the way that these narratives get put into stone with, with, with pen, while they should be written down on paper with pencil. These are going to be chiseled into stone week one, and the Bills have an incredible opportunity to do something very, very, very hilarious. And that is to put all of this bullshit to rest. Now, here's the problem. It can go one of two ways, and I'm going to have to eat crow if it does. If they wind up going out there and what we couldn't fathom ends up, ends up happening, and Aaron Rodgers is back to MVP form and, and, uh, you know, Garrett Wilson, career day, Sauce Gardner, locks down, Stephon Diggs, whatever. I mean, if that happens, I'm going to have to come on here and eat a whole lot of crow, and I'm going to have to bury my head into my hands walking out of MetLife because the last thing I want to do is be around a bunch of these bandwagon Jets fans. And not everybody, by the way. I know a, hand, I know a lot of Jets fans throughout my life who are as diehard of Jets fans as we are, and they've been through some awful times just as we have. But you can't tell me that that crowd isn't going to be filled with 30% of fans that haven't been to that stadium since the Rex Ryan back-to-back -back AFC championship days. It's going to be a whole lot of that. And I hate nothing more than a bandwagon fan getting up on his high horse when they haven't been around. Now, any Jets fan out there that is as passionate as we are and, and, and it's, it's noticeable, yeah, of course, you take that all day. It's the people I can't stand that are the ones that come out of the woodworks because Aaron Rodgers is now on the team. And it's going to be a terrible, terrible, terrible 
feeling, being surrounded by that, walking out of that stadium if it goes south. And this goes back to what I said on, on Rico's show last week, if you tuned into us there when we had our back and forth kind of difficulties until I figured out I had some weird setting going on that was making Rico sound like he was going live from a cave. Um, but I had said, I don't know if you can call a week one game a must win, but I don't give a shit. Th th this is a must win. And I feel, I feel so passionately about that because the narrative gets set right there. And I don't care what the news, what, 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 you know, TV saying, what the radio saying. The issue is though, you're not going to be able to avoid it. You don't have to let it change your mindset. And I rarely do like with the Stefan Diggs situation. You heard me on here. How many weeks in a row? Don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. It's BS. It's BS. That is exactly what it was. It's exactly what it was. And we all knew it, but you couldn't avoid it. Even though you knew damn well, it was BS. You could not avoid it. Here's the problem. Even though if, if the Jets go out and beat the Bills, you know damn well that does not prove the Jets are going to win the AFC East. That does not prove that the Aaron Rodgers uh, reign here in, for the Jets is going to be uh, all, all glitter and rainbow. It doesn't mean the Bills' season's in the tubes. doesn't mean they're not going to win the AFC East, but it's going to be in your face, and it's going to be in your face on a daily basis down to the minute. And unless you turn your phone off, delete social media, get rid of the radio transmitter in your car and rip out your cable box. You're going to be faced with it. And I don't want to deal with it. I just don't because all we've had to do this entire off season is look that right down the face and say to ourselves, Hey, at least we get a chance week one to get rid of all of this. But there's also a chance for the jets to double down on everything that they've been saying throughout this off season. It's a two way street. It's going to be incredibly interesting. Either way it goes. I just hope it goes down the way that we want it to. So that game in itself, though, the, uh, the, the, um, the, the Hall of Fame game, that just got me so jazzed. It just got me so jazzed. Just hearing Aaron Rodgers. And, I, and the thing that sucks, I, I really used to love Aaron Rodgers. I really did. The, the, the departure from the, the Packers and the way it all went down. And then to go to the Jets and, and to just have it be this whole thing that, that no one knows yet. I mean, there hasn't been a snap yet. I mean, I got me and Rico got ripped to shreds for saying that Dalton Kincaid could be one of the best, you know, assets to this Buffalo Bills team this coming year based on what we had heard. But, you know, you can't say that because he hasn't played an NFL snap yet. Well, Aaron Rodgers hasn't played an NFL snap outside of Green Bay. And I know it's kind of comparing apples to oranges here, but there is some there is something to that. This guy has played his entire career in one setting and one setting alone. And this is as big of a transition as a quarterback of his stature can possibly make. We have no idea what an Aaron Rodgers in a Jets uniform looks like. We have no idea what that's going to be like out on the field. We have seen players go to different organizations after an unbelievable career, and it just, it just does not pan out. Everybody thinks whatever happens somewhere else is guaranteed to happen in the next place, and we all know that that is just not the truth. So that game in itself, as we creep closer and closer and you watch the Hall of Fame game and you see the Jets out on the field, you see Aaron Rodgers getting interviewed and it's all becoming more and more real and you see the Bills out on the field this past weekend and 
it's just becoming real. Now I want to readdress something here because I think I kind of I, I I knew as soon as I said this I was gonna need to rephrase it. John Dreo coming in here saying, dude played high school and college. Come on, he's one of the best. And I'm a huge Bills fan. Yeah, no doubt about it. What I'm getting at here with the Dalton Kincaid thing, back to what I was just saying between that and the Aaron Rodgers thing, is I'm just saying, you know, we we know Aaron Rodgers is an all-time great. I, of course. First ballot Hall of Famer, no question about it. One of the greatest quarterbacks of my entire life. What I'm just getting at is we have no idea if Dalton Kincaid for the Buffalo Bills is going to be as great as we are hearing or if it's just going to be nothing at all. We have no idea. For the, for the Aaron Rodgers-Jets situation, I would argue we simply have no idea what Aaron Rodgers is going to be like in this new of an environment. We have no clue. It could be absolutely incredible. It could be a Tom Brady-type run for the Bucs, or it could be abysmal. Comparing those two was, was bad form. I, I, I'm realizing that now. But my whole, my whole argument here is just to say we, we don't know anything about what we're being told, good, or good, bad, or indifferent. And we hear the good coming out of Bill's camp, and we immediately want that to be true. We hear the good coming out of the Jets camp and all these other camps. We want that to be false, right? At the end of the day, what I'm getting at here is week one is the clean slate to put all of these preconceived notions and all of these um, talking points into play, figuring out what's what. Because you know damn well, if, if Aaron Rodgers goes out and kills it, he'll be the talk of the town. But if he goes out and the Bills roll him on defense, shut him down, right? Allen has a great night. He'll also be the talk of the town as well. But for the opposite reason that he's been talked about all throughout this offseason. So it, it, just as we creep closer here, you're going to see my excitement just get more and more through the roof. And, and, and I don't even know how it could get much higher than it's at right now, uh, but it's up there. It's up there and it's going to continue to get there. And, and knowing that I'm going to be in that stadium to see that unfold in person, man, I don't know. Um, so where to begin? we got a lot to talk about tonight uh, as we're a half hour in here on the smoke break on a Monday night, August 7th. Like I said, 35 days removed from that big game, which means we are what? We are one, two, three, 31 days from actual kick Lions Chiefs. Oh my. And then, by the way, if you didn't know, Tuesday night is when Hard Knocks comes out. I, I know, you know, people are indifferent about Hard Knocks. They either love it, they hate it, whatever. I think as Bills fans or, you know, a lot of times we have passing fans come in here from, you know, all different teams, uh, but in particular, AFC East fans. This is a must watch. It, it's just, it has to be. It has to be a must watch. See, seeing the, to me, the whole thing that I can't wait to see is the, uh, the interactions between Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, because he, Aaron Rodgers said on the, on the broadcast the other night, you know, how much he loves Zach Wilson. He's going to be, he's going to be good in this league after giving another chance. And yeah, I'm, I just can't wait because Aaron Rodgers, all of a sudden he goes from the guy that gets along with nobody to all of a sudden he's everybody's best friend. And this is what I don't like about this whole thing. Kind of why I'm so passionate about it. It just seems like Aaron Rodgers he does a 180 on his personality once he gets to the Jets and everybody just accepts that for what it is. And they just say, oh, that's who he is now. I mean, I, I don't know. And by the way, big time Bean coming out. <laughs> yeah. He goes, Hard Knocks comes out tomorrow then. I, I didn't even realize. I, I keep saying it's Monday night and it just hit me that it's Monday night, meaning tomorrow is when Hard Knocks comes out. So yes, tomorrow night. Wow. I'm telling you, I've been too busy with, I've been too busy uh, being a father to my two children downstairs. I can't even keep track of what day it is. Um, 
but I think that's just going to be a must watch for so many different reasons. And, uh, and it starts up tomorrow night. Thank you, Big Time Bean, for coming in and giving me that reminder of what freaking day it is. Um, and, you know, you're going to see a lot of different angles for, a, a, you know, from a team that is going to be a prominent rival for the Bills, not just because they're already baked in as one being, um, you know, a divisional rival, but they're going to be a prominent rival for these Bills for the foreseeable future, in my opinion. And, I, and when I come on here and I, you know, get on the Jets, I don't get on them because I think they're bad. I don't think that at all. Uh, the, the Jets are a damn good team, especially on paper. I mean, the Jets are a phenomenally gifted young team at this moment in time. Because not only are they incredibly talented, but the talent on that team is young and is going to be around for the foreseeable future if they do things the right way. My biggest gripe, I would not have an issue with the Jets at all if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers. I really wouldn't. Do you really ever hear me come on here and, and blast the Dolphins all that much? I know I don't blast the Patriots because I kind of feel bad for them at this point. But I don't come on here and blast the Dolphins. I know the Dolphins are a good team that is going to be competing with the Buffalo Bills, and I know that, I know that for a fact, and I leave it at that. The only reason I'm up, I'm just up about the Jets is because I'm being told to be. I have to fight the I have to fight the other side here because all I'm being told is how great they are and they're gonna win the whole thing. And you saw it last week on, on Rico's show uh when I talked about it, um when I talked about those predictions that were made. If you tune into that uh into the show last week with me and Rico, we started off the show with somebody from uh NFL network having the the Jets going 13 and four and the Bills going nine and eight. It's stuff like that that's got me so damn pissed. It's got nothing to do with the Jets fans or the Jets organization in itself. It's really primarily all boiled down to the new, to the addition of Aaron Rodgers and what that has done to me mentally and how I think about these New York Jets. That's what it's all come down to. Um, so we get a, we get a peek behind the curtain of all of that starting tomorrow night. So that's why I think you should watch it because it's going to be intriguing. And I think as the weeks go on, as we get closer to the the regular season, it's going to get even more interesting. And I believe Hard Knocks does at least one episode after the beginning of the season, at least one. And of course, the Bills are the week one game for the Jets. So that, to me, is the all all the more reason to watch. You know, kind of get into it, and then watch that episode and see how that you know how that looks. It's going to be awesome. Um, so a lot of talk about tonight when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, including Josh Allen, with a bit of a scare today, but not too bad. He was he was right back out on the field, but still, anytime you hear Josh Allen walking off. You know, you get a little sick to your stomach until you hear good news. We'll get into that in a second. I wanted to talk a, a, a little bit about a couple of cool things coming out um, for us fans over the next couple of months or so, including one that's coming out this week, because I know you guys uh, are like me. A lot of you are, at least, where you love the Bills memorabilia, because every time I tweet out about a new product coming out, everybody's always like, where can I get it? Where can I buy it? Like, for instance, right above me, right above my – shoulder here as i showed a couple weeks ago the new josh allen ornament i tweeted that out and oh my god i must have had 500 people either comment or message me where can i buy this where can i buy this there's some cool stuff coming out soon that i figured i'd share with you so that everybody uh knows about it by now i'm sure you all know about one of the coolest inventions i think from a collector's standpoint a long time uh the buffalo bills little people because not only are they just awesome I mean, you got you got you literally have the the toys I played with when I was a toddler, in the shape of Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, and Sean McDermott. I mean, it doesn't really get much cooler than that. And there there's two versions of this now, right? So we this is the newest version that came out last uh, last year, and then we have the OG version 
that kind of set this all off. And as you probably already know, and these are, this is the OG version, by the way, if you haven't seen these before, I'm sure you have, but this kicked it all off. But the coolest part about that is the majority of the proceeds from this go to a shy children's hospital. They built an entire wing just based off of the money generated from the donations of buying those, um, those little people. Well, folks, we got year three and it's so funny that these just got announced because it wasn't even a couple, it wasn't even more than a few days ago where I was looking into it and I was thinking to myself, man, it was right around this time last year that the new ones came out. I wonder if they're going to do another set this week. And I think next week is uh, Fisher Price Day at Bill's Stadium or uh, at St. John Fisher, one of the two. So I'm like, man, they got to be doing something. And they're coming out with what I think to be probably the coolest set of them all yet. Here they are. This is round three of the Buffalo Bills little people. And I wanted to let you guys know tonight, so you have ample time. These are going to be, according to my good friends over at um, Bills Mafia, babes, they got the intel that these are hitting shelves at Wegmans, which is where all the other ones were released. These will be hitting Wegmans shelves starting Friday the 11th, this coming Friday. And these things are sweet. I don't care if I'm a grown-ass man hyping up uh, Fisher Price toys, you can get bent if you don't think these things are freaking awesome because they are freaking awesome. Look at this. You got the mini Dawson Knox here and the details of these absolutely kill me. So in wave three here, you got a mini Dawson Knox with the curls and the headband right down to the details of the beard. Hilarious. He's rocking the all red color rush. You got J.A. right here in the middle with his little stash. You got a white hat on. He's rocking all white. And then what I think to be just the funniest part of this whole thing, you got a little Von Miller here in all blue and look at the little glasses they put on Von Miller. That sent me when I saw these for the first time. And then to round out the set, you got the shirtless Bills fan and all of us with the Buffalo hat on. I absolutely love it. So I wanted to let you guys know about that because I know a lot of you guys are um, big time collectors of not only just Bill stuff, but NFL stuff in general and I know a lot of you guys love these things, and uh, they're coming out on Friday. And uh, make sure to keep uh, keep it locked on my uh, Twitter account down here, at Zbot Tweets, or I guess you could say it's, what is it now, X? At my, at, at my X account? It sounds like I'm telling you to go to my, uh, my, my adult film page. If you go to my X account, at Zbot Tweets, I will be giving away at least one of those sets, probably more. I usually give away at least one or two every year when they come out. Because they only release them in upstate New York at Wegmans. And I know how tough it is for a lot of you guys who are not in New York, which believe it or not, is a majority of you guys. Most people I interact with, it's crazy. Uh, you know, you assume everybody is from the New York area or somewhere around there. Not really. I mean, it's not really the case. And uh, I know there's so many people that love getting their hands on those, but they can't because they're out of the state. So I will be doing giveaways there and um, make sure to keep an eye out for it. So I can try and get my, uh, those sets into the hands of people who might not be able to get them. Otherwise other quick news regarding action figures. Um, and I know you can see the other ones above me right up here. You right up here. You see all my little, all my JAs up there. 
Huge news that just came out. And if you grew up in the early 2000s, late 90s, like I did, this is going to be awesome news for you. The original manufacturer of NFL action figures, McFarland Toys, who made NFL action figures for about 20 years. They had the entire license. They made all of them. And I grew up on these things. In fact, I still have one to this day. This is a McFarland action figure of Drew Bledsoe. I have had this action figure on my shelf since I was probably seven, eight years old, maybe younger, right around that age. Um, the Buffalo Bills. So growing up, I always was saddened by this because McFarlane always had the coolest toys, but it was always Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, you know, all those, all those guys, you name it, anybody but the Bills. McFarlane toys made NFL action figures for nearly 20 years. And they only ever made three Bills figures, a Drew Bledsoe, which I have here, a Willis McGahee, and then uh, a Sammy Watkins in 2018 before they kind of uh, they kind of hung the cleats up until now. So McFarlane just announced that they are coming back and they are making NFL action figures. And I wanted to share that with you guys because I know many of you kind of grew up in the era I did. And I remember growing up collecting these and it I loved them. I remember on Easter, I can't believe I still remember this, but on Easter, for some reason, my mom or the Easter Bunny, rather, I should say, big football guy, the Easter Bunny. He got me the 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 two pack, and that's why I love this company. They make like really they, they their ideas are awesome, and it was a two pack of Michael Strahan sacking Donovan McNabb, and I can still see it to this day. It was awesome. I had a bunch of these, and to hear him coming back out at a time when the Bills are prominent enough and have good players worthy of action figures, I'm super super excited to uh, to see what they wind up coming out with for the Bills. So. Thought I'd drop that on you as well. Take a, another uh, glance at my Twitter page throughout the next couple of months, and I will be sharing updates on that. They haven't announced when they're going to be coming out yet, but they are coming out nonetheless, and I will be the first to let you know when they do and what they have in store. So that is the house cleaning stuff. We got the action figure talk out of the way, and I'm sorry if you're not a big collector, but I have to share that stuff because this stuff gets me jazzed up. I saw somebody in here say something about uh, where was it? Yeah, Dave coming in here saying Z-Bot's like a little kid on Christmas. You have no idea. It was like 4 a.m. the other night when I, I don't know why I was up, but I, it came across my feed that McFarlane was coming back. I, I literally, I, it, was like, it, it was like having a, a shot of espresso. I just jolted up. I was so stoked. Then I saw the new little guys coming out, and I'm like, man, good week for the collection. It, not a good week for the bank account, though, although it rarely is. It rarely is. All right, so let's get into it. Speaking of collectibles and just the overall aura of the Buffalo Bills, how can we not start uh, our Bills talk tonight without talking about Josh Allen yet again being the, a man of the people? And this is going to kind of segue into two two types of things here, though, because uh, I, as you know, I always like to talk about what we have on this team. And I think Pierre's the one who Pierre's the one who really coined this um this saying and that's remember what we remember who we have and i love that saying because you know there will be times where you'll get down on yourself for being a fan you'll just get down on this team and as i've shared with you before i mean there really is no time that i can remember where i was more down on the buffalo bills than after the loss to the cincinnati Bengals. it was just the lowest i had felt as a a fan but then, you know, you kind of come back to earth a little bit. Time goes on. You get ready for this upcoming season, and it starts to click again. 
Now, you remember what this team is and what they used to be and how you have to be absolutely beyond grateful for the situation the Bills are currently in and what that is, what that That kickoff emerges in the beginning of September. These Buffalo Bills will have a chance to compete because of Josh Allen and because of the overall incredible job that Brandon Bean has done in structuring and restructuring and continuing to tweak this team. Um, and so Josh Allen, I think he he's done a remarkable job in, at, at embracing Bills fans. He's done just an, an incredible job of embracing the, the city, the fan base, and everybody. And we knew that to be true last year when the talk of the red helmet, which, by the way, I have yet to rest up on. How the Bills have not come out and announced an alternate helmet yet is just asinine to me. I mean, they, they, are, they are just dicking around with us at this point. I'm sick and tired of it. Everybody else is announcing an alternate helmet. I mean, everybody. Why can't the Bills just do it? I understand people don't love the red helmet or whatever. They, they're not a huge fan. Don't you just want to get in on the action here? I mean, I feel like we're, we're grounded. I feel like we're the kids who got grounded and everybody else is out having a ball and you have to watch them through the window. I just want to get in on the action. I mean, whether you love the, uh, the idea of an alternate helmet or not, it's still like a hyped up cool thing to do. And the bills are just not doing it. We have been clamoring for it forever. Sarah's asking, is it up to us? No, because if it was up to us, it would have happened by now. But you'd figure the public pressure from the fan base would have made it happen by now because every other every other franchise has done it. But the other problem I have, too, and, it, and it's tough because it's it's also what I love as well. Josh Allen went out last year to the blue uh, red game with the red helmet on. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, they're going to do this. They're going to do this this year, Josh Allen just debuting it. And they never did it. They never did it. But it still looked so freaking sweet. So Josh Allen, I'm assuming, going into the red-white game or red-blue uh, game this past weekend, he's probably thinking to himself, all right, I got to up the ante a little bit. I already came out in style last year. How do I, how do I up my game? Well, he did. There he is, folks. There is J.A. at the red and blue game with a helmet that I have yet to see. I've seen the blue helmet with the uh, red face mask, which I'm not necessarily a gigantic fan of. But my good God, does that not look clean as hell? There is J.A. coming out for the scrimmage in that blue helmet, white face mask with the Oakley goggles on. The dude just gets it, man. He just gets it because the second he walks out with that, I mean, that was the, t that was, that was social media for two hours, Josh Allen in the blue helmet. And I got to thinking, man, you imagine J a rocking that blue helmet with the all blues. I understand there's going to be people. I, I've seen it already. There's people out there who are like, I don't want it. I don't want to do that. I don't want, I don't like it. The uniforms they have are perfect. I agree. The Bills got one of the best uniform combinations in the game. No question about it. That doesn't mean we can't have our fair share of fun. I mean, for, this is the fan base that defines fun. When you think about having a good time with your team as a fan, you think of the Buffalo Bills. You don't think of anybody else. You sure as hell don't think about tailgating at MetLife. I'll tell you that for, for a fact. You think about the Buffalo Bills. And as a fan base that has pretty much been the uh, the cornerstone of fun when it comes to rooting on your team, we need to get in on the fun. Josh is getting in on it. We got to get in on it collectively. 
And you see stuff like this, and it doesn't help the cause, because I'm looking at this, and I'm like, my God, why can't they just let it rip one of these weekends? It's going to be awesome. The all-blue helmet with the all-blue pants jersey, I mean, I would just be absolutely all over that. All over it. Now, I I personally want to see the red helmet combo. I want to see the throwback, like the Tasker jersey I have here. I want to see that with um, white pants and the red helmet. That's what I want to see. Because you're seeing all these teams bring back really cool, um, iconic uniforms. The Eagles are bringing back the Kelly Green. The Buccaneers are bringing back the Creamsicles. Um Hell, the, the, the Texans are bringing back the Oilers unis, which are like some of the best in the game, not even close. I mean, those are just so sweet. I just want to get in on the fun. That's all. And Josh Allen really uh, really lit the fire on that yet again over the weekend with those, uh, with those awesome, with that awesome helmet. So speaking of Josh Allen, coming out of camp today, I don't know if, and this is a good thing, by the way, I don't know if it crossed your screen as prominently as maybe you thought it should based on the subject matter. But Josh Allen today apparently had suffered a bit of a stinger on the throwing shoulder in which he had suffered an injury on all throughout last season. We all know that Josh Allen had that UCL injury last year uh, that was really bothering him throughout the year. And many would argue that that was a reason why there were times that Josh just did not look entirely like himself. Um, But today, at practice, it was uh, reported that Allen had uh, tweaked that yet again. The tweet that I have up here right now is from Alex Brasky, who reported that Josh Allen and Deion Dawkins both left today's practice. Allen was escorted through the tunnel by Bill's head athletic trainer, Nate Brasky, but returned 18 minutes later. Dawkins left prior to the second team period, was replaced by David Questenberry, returned to the field without pad so one other additional note there of course is that Deion Dawkins got a bit shaken up but he did come back out as well and you got to think smart move there for a guy like Dawkins who's in the trenches taking the pads off taking it easy after getting banged up is smart um Thad Brown would also go on to say that he was with the trainer for about five minutes and that he looked okay he was walking on his own and you know as we as I just said he comes out with uh, without the pads on um, so let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the Josh Allen situation here, just because, you know, anytime this, I mean, big, big or not, you have to, Josh Allen's like the fine China in the, in the cabinet. When you bring him out now, now don't get me wrong. I mean, he's fine China, but you can, I mean, you can put him in the dishwasher. You can throw him in the, in the sink. You can make garbage plates on top of it. He still somehow comes out as pristine as ever. But when there is a little bit of, you know, maybe you see a little crack in the, in the, in the plate there, it's worth taking a look at. Um, just want to make sure I pull up the right stuff here. Just one second. I got. I think I pulled up the wrong. <clears throat> I think pulled up the wrong article here.
You know, I, might, I feel like I might have. Did I read this wrong? Because I felt like I had heard. Did I? I think I might have. Let me let me see what you guys are saying here. I think I might have read this wrong. See, this is weird. I thought I had read earlier that it was it was the the uh, the same arm, but as I'm looking through here, I had a couple of links up, and I'm not seeing that exact verbiage. So I, I guess I'm gonna have to pull back on that for a second here until I find out exactly uh, what the hell it was. I, I could have swore that's what I read. I know that last week he Allen had kind of banged up his leg a little bit, and he was kind of limping a little bit. Um, but that turned out to not be much. I don't know what the, I don't know where the hell I had an I had an article up and it's been, I mean either way, Allen got banged up but was back out on the uh, out on the practice field literally within minutes. So no no reason to be concerned. Obviously, just something that you you kind of see pop up. And you're like, oh God, what the hell is this? Um, and then you want to obviously take a take a deeper dive into it because the last thing on earth that you could possibly imagine is is going into the season without Josh Allen. And you know, even even these little stingers and stuff there, they can they can add up. But when you got a guy like Josh Allen, you, you, you hear about stuff like this. And in my opinion, as long as you know, as long as He's fine and back out there. I have full faith that he's going to be more than fine. Okay, I found what I saw earlier, by the way. Sorry for the delay on that. I don't know why it took me so long. All these articles were very, very vague. I had them up in preparation to talk about this, thinking that it was going to be what I had saw earlier, and it wasn't, and whatever. So uh, this one's coming out from uh, <clears throat> uh, Jesse Morse, who's a good follow on Twitter, by the way. He talks about a variety of different sports injuries on Twitter. And he had said that today, Bills quarterback Josh Allen left the field briefly with head athletic trainer Nate Braski, like I said earlier. Um, Allen returned and participated fully with no obvious issues. It was, uh, he said that early in the practice with the attention being focused on his right arm and elbow, there we go, the same arm that he had a UCL injury with last year. So that, to, I'm glad I found that. I don't know why in God's name it took so long for me to hunt that down. But that is why I wanted to bring that up because um, that's the main concern. It's not necessarily that he got banged up a little bit or he's got a, you know, a bruiser or whatever. What you want to be, like, really cognizant of is that arm because, as we know, that was, a, that was more of an issue than I think many people wanted to face head-on last year. I think that was definitely something that aggravated him to the point where it got in the way at times, you would never know it based on him saying anything or anybody else coming out and saying anything. But, uh, you know, Thigh Doc would be the first to tell you. The fact that he played through that as long as he did is remarkable. Um, and anytime you hear about that being re-aggravated, it's definitely something that you are going to pay attention to. Now, like I said, he was right back out on the field. So it doesn't seem like it's anything to be concerned about at this given moment. But I will say it is a little bit, unsettling to hear that that particular area of the body, which he had already had issues with, um, you know, getting even a slightly re-aggravated is, you know, just want to keep an eye out. And that's why we always say on here, you know, as much as we love Josh Allen running the ball and as much as we love watching him leap over guys and stuff, 
It's just stuff like this that you want to be extra careful about because the Bills only go as far uh, as Josh Allen does, obviously. And the last thing you want is re-aggravating an injury that we know was, to to a certain degree last year, definitely bothersome uh, for Josh Allen throughout the vast majority uh, of the season. Uh, Speaking of other injuries, uh, by the way, we also know that Cam Lewis going through an injury, Reggie Gilliam as well. And I believe there was, what was there? One other, Spencer Brown as well, got banged up. Um, this is just, unfortunately, the reality of the offseason. I mean, we all know what happened with um, Naheem Hines, and that had nothing to do with even playing football. That's just the reality of the offseason here where anything can happen, both on the field and off the field. You're, you're, you're literally, it's, it's almost a game of luck. It, it, really, it really is when you think about it. Getting out of the offseason without any catastrophic injuries or any gigantic detriment to your team. There's a lot of luck that goes into it because oftentimes a lot of these injuries that uh, players suffer, they're, they're you, you look at it and you're like, what the hell happened? The, the, a prime example is what happened to Joe Burrow a couple weeks ago. Joe Burrow rolling out of the pocket to his right side and all of a sudden you're like, damn, you know, Joe Burrow's on the ground. And if you're a Bengals fan, you're just like, well, you got to be shitting me. Because he didn't get hit, and he didn't look like he was doing anything over, overzealous or anything like that. But as we know, that's just sports. Like you just plant your foot wrong, or you make one wrong movement, and and that could be uh, a, a season changer. And you know, Joe Burrow is going to have to miss a couple of weeks here and, and until he's back to being fully healthy. So it's just a crapshoot trying to avoid these things, and it's inevitable that you're going to have uh, players get banged up here and there. Um, as I mentioned, Spencer Brown, the other day, he was somebody that had seemed to have suffered an injury, but that had come out to not be anything um, uh, worth being overly concerned about. He did have that back surgery last year, so he's another guy that you, what you look at and you're thinking, all right, you know, he's prone to it. If something happens to him, then you, know, you can understand why, just based on the fact that he's gone through his own stuff and, you know, Another one of those situations where you already have um, something under your belt, an injury under your belt that can get re-aggravated, you definitely want uh, to pay attention to it. So nothing to be overly concerned about, though, I would say. Um, and, and once again, back to the Josh Allen thing. Um, the guy's going to get he, – he's going to get bumps and bruises and all that type of stuff. I try not to make much out of it just because he doesn't. And I don't want to psych myself out either. Um, definitely, of course, worth taking a look at. But in my opinion, once you read that he's fine and he's back out on the field, you say thank God and you you keep on you keep on plugging. And we have been knock on wood, just exceptionally lucky there for the play style in which he plays with. Uh, we exceptionally lucky, and you just hope that that luck continues and the Bills will be a okay. So the uh, this past weekend, the Bills had the blue red game. I'm sure, uh, some of you went out and. Uh, Attended it. I actually have not. I'm trying to think if I've been to one. I don't think I have. Really cool situation, though. I'm a big Penn State fan. My family and I are. And uh, we would, for years, we would always go to the um, the blue-white game, which is like Penn State's equivalent to, uh, to what the Bills do here with the, the blue and red, where they, you know, do a full-team scrimmage out on the field in the stadium and any excuse you can get to go to a game, especially at Beaver Stadium, we always take the opportunity to do it. So it's really cool. You know, you don't 
take too much from it as you don't with anything here from preseason games, camp or whatever, but it's a cool opportunity to get a look at the guys early on here, see the formations, see the, uh, how they were organizing the depth chart, et cetera. And, uh, get a look at some of the new guys as well as some of the, you know, the guys coming back that you're more excited to see than, than perhaps other guys. Like for me, James cook, who had a phenomenal run out of the bill's own goal line ish area. Uh, James Cook hit the hole, man. Like, I don't know if you guys saw this uh, particular shot of James Cook uh, running the ball during the uh, blue-red game the other day. But, man, he hit the left side of the hole right off of the center's left uh, like left block right into that hole, and he shifted. Like, it was just textbook. Almost out of a Madden simulation. Just absolutely textbook. And he took it all the way down to about the 50-yard line or so. And I know, you know, it's, it goes without saying, but with everything, you know, the good and the bad, like I was talking about earlier with the Jets and stuff, you know, you, only, you, you take it all with a grain of salt and you, you don't try to read too much into it until it's time for the actual action. But James Cook's one of those guys that I have high on my radar, big time going into this upcoming season. So when you see good things happen, you know, it stands out just a little bit more than perhaps anything else would. Uh, another, another one of those things that happened today, actually, that I read out, of, that came out of camp was that once again, Dalton Kincaid had a phenomenal catch. Dalton Kincaid had a one handed catch diving to the ground today at practice, apparently. And that seems to be reemphasizing the point that everybody is making about Dalton Kincaid. And that is the guy just cannot drop a ball. I, it, it just everything you read about Dalton Kincaid, it just seems as though not only is it positive, but it's like overly positive. The one thing that I think has been most prominent is that the guy catches every single ball that comes his way. And I just cannot wait to see him on display. I cannot. Um, as I've read coming out of camp, of course, we've seen some 12-man personnel that they have cooked up with the addition of Dalton Kincaid here. We've seen some uh, some new red zone schemes, which is awesome, because believe it or not, and I think it's pretty believable, honestly, based on just visuals last year, watching every single snap of these Buffalo Bills. As good as they are on offense, as prolific as Josh Allen is, and as much as they score, they, they're not a good red zone team. In fact, they were one of the worst red zone teams in the entire league last year. Um, and as I get into that point, I'm getting a super chat from somebody at my front door, and it's Miss Caroline. Unlock the front door. You locked it up, and it's very hot in the hallway. Wow. Hey, at least I got five bucks out of it. I'm going to lock the door more from now on. I'll be right back in... Two minutes.
That was very intelligent of her to do that. Because if she would have texted me or called me and stuff, I never would have saw it. So I got five bucks out of locking the door. So if you learn anything from tonight, just lock your significant others out and say you can't come in uh, until you send me money. <laughs> what did I just read here? Where was that? Something, something funny. Oh, Dave coming in here saying, maybe the toys will start talking. There's part of me that thinks they do, right? I like to think when I leave at night, Diggs, J.A., Jim Kelly, they're just scheming up back here. They're just scheming up. Uh, anyway, um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, the red zone. Yeah, so I had, I had saw, I mean, we obviously had known just based on the production level, it seemed as though it was kind of a grind for the Buffalo Bills to get in the end zone when they got down to the red zone. And a perfect example that I always kind of come to when I think about just how much it seemed to take for them to get into the red zone was the, uh, the Miami Dolphins game in December where the Bills all but they, they clinched the division. Um it is essentially Josh Allen versus everybody else. And I know you could say that about a variety of different aspects of this team, but. Oh, oh my gosh. Pause real quick. Look at Here's the producers. Oh my God. Look at here. They are. Oh my gosh. We have got to trim their fingernails. Oh my God. There they are. There they are. They're freaking out. All right. So the dark ones, tunes, light one, tofu. tofu. There they are. Oh my gosh. I love them. Look at them. Look at them. Oh, and then, and then there's the ring. We got, I told you, we, we just got the whole thing going on over here. We just got, we're playing house over here. Aren't we Caroline? Look at, look at, Oh my God. What's my shirt? Yeah. You got a little stain on your shirt there. Was it a little white castle? I did get white Caroline got a little white castle when she disappeared earlier. Did not bring me back any either. Did not bring me back. Did not bring me back any. Dante's coming in here saying, look at that ring. And I'm saying, yeah, where's my White Castle? That's what I'm saying. All this, look at that. All this and no White Castle? I mean, come on. Although I will say, though, you, you, you know, the wings were good the last time. It can't be an every week thing. No. I can't be eating on this thing every week. Did you get the cats? You have no idea where they are, do you? <laughs> These cats are so tiny. I mean, they... It, you, you see it? I mean, they can fit. It's insane. They're like chameleons. They can literally just... Like, you know, like uh, Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four who can, like, stretch his body a million different ways? That's what these cats can do. It's insanity. Like, you look at them, and, I mean, they're tiny as hell, but you think, like, oh, he can't fit under there. Like, the, the, the one likes to go underneath of the couch, and the couch is, like, the, the difference between the floor of the, 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 the floor and the top of the couch is like this, and I'm looking at the thing, I'm like, I'm like you're going to kill yourself. And he's having a ball underneath of there. Anyway. Um, so yeah, red zone is one of those things going into this season that I am more focused on than I just about anything else when it comes to how effective these Buffalo bills are in not only being the offense, we've known them to, you know, be under Josh Allen, but how they can improve. Because as you've heard me say, uh, you know, a lot on here, even though the stats last year for the, for the most part on offense were 
right towards the top of the league, there were plenty of times where it just felt like it was really tough to get there. It felt like it was a, it was a labored process. Whereas, you know, at times you'll watch the chiefs or, um, you know, maybe the Eagles, for example, a few other teams where it just seemed a lot more effortless and, Listen, it, it all, it all, it's all effective the same way, but I think the more effortless it looks, the more easy that it comes across. I think the more that translates into better play over the duration of the season and into the offseason. Because as we saw for the Bills, it started off looking that way. You know, no better example than, of course, the Rams game right into the Titans game early on in the year. It seemed as though it was the same as we saw in the Chiefs uh, div- divisional game the year prior. It was right around when we hit that Packers Sunday night football game and kind of went into the second half of the season where it just felt like the offense wasn't it, it, it wasn't as in sync as it felt like it was before that. But then again, you look you looked at it and then you looked at the you know the culmination of the season and you're like, my God, you know, they, they were eight points away from winning every single game they played in up until the playoffs. And that's why it was so tough to kind of get on anything, to, to really get upset or to – it just felt like it was really nitpicky. I mean, how can I sit here and nitpick when this team goes 13-3 and three and those three losses were by a combined eight points? Like you, you, you kind of seem like a prick if you're doing that. But it all kind of came to a head in the postseason, didn't it? Because you're playing the Dolphins, a team that you, on paper, especially with a backup – were much better than it did not seem like that at all. And then you go in, uh, in into a game against the Bengals where you seem very evenly matched with, and and that didn't seem evenly matched at all. The bills got the doors blown off of them. Uh, so the red zone is one of those areas where you look to see the bills get better in because they have the addition of Damian Harris. And now they have two tight ends that they can rely on. It doesn't seem like it has to be Josh Allen making it happen. And I go back to that dolphins game because it was in that game where Allen, if you remember correctly, they had that insane touchdown before the expiration of the first half where it was either somebody caught it, and I believe it was Knox. It was either somebody caught this pass and scored or the Bills are going into the half without any points on this drive. And they could not afford to go into the half with no points on that drive. And it just felt like, man, it took literally the last possible throw in a in a situation where you're kind of saying like if, if if they had not scored a touchdown there, you're going into half just fuming, fuming, because you you run a play up until the clock goes zero. You don't call a timeout. I don't even know if they had any at the time, and you're screwed. But you score a touchdown there, and you kind of overlook it. It's kind of a microcosm of all the different things that happened throughout the year, where it was like, oh, that didn't look very good. Oh, wait a minute, it kind of worked, and then it was like, okay, they win. Like there's so many times that comes to mind to me, like when they play the Ravens, right. Or when they played the lions on Thanksgiving, it was just kind of like, man, nothing really seems to be going good. Like the lions games, another example, like where it just felt Detroit outplayed them. And then at the end of the game, Allen makes probably the best throw of the entire season to digs across the middle of the field. They get Tyler Bass into field goal range within two plays. And you're like, Oh my God, they just won the game. And I remember pacing around, I told you guys the story. I remember pacing around Thanksgiving there like a madman. I was convinced they were screwed. And next thing you know, they just figured it out. And they just figured it out. They just figured it out. I wanted to get to the point where you're not having to just figure it out every single time. But, of course, Josh Allen is the king of figuring it out. And that's what we've become accustomed to. The goal should be to make it easier. 
the goal should be to where you're watching it unfold and you're like, yes, like that, that right according to plan. Now, this is football. Nothing's ever according to plan, but you can you can skew it one way or the other. And you could definitely see last year, most of the time, it never seemed like it was according to plan, or not often at least. They just found a way. Warren Sharp last year, or Warren Sharp came out with a, he has a, a tweet here with a bunch of stats about the red zone. The Bills were the were third last year in touchdowns outside of the red zone. So they were the, they were the team, they were the third uh, highest, or they were the team with the third most touchdowns outside of the red zone. So essentially what that tells you is that the majority of the points for the Buffalo Bills were coming outside of the red zone, at least touchdowns, of course. And I think if you were to just go back and watch, I think that that would become, you know, it would become obvious. And when they would get into the red zone, we all know that Josh also had his struggles with turning the ball over. That did not help. I think the biggest key going into this season in that department is taking less off of Josh Allen's plate, distributing the workload amongst people who are able to contribute in that department, and hopefully that that results in a more successful red zone offense. And that is why I've become so uh, excited about the addition of Damian Harris because I think that that is exactly what he is going to be. I think Damian Harris is going to be one of those guys that we're going to look at throughout the season as being a major impact because of his contributions in short yarded situations. And I also think that when we look at Dalton Kincaid, he could very easily be that as well because uh, Austin Knox has been one of the primary targets for Josh Allen throughout his time in Buffalo inside of the red zone. So you're essentially just adding one more of those with what we're hearing to be uh, even better hands, right? So that is definitely something that I look to. And I have, I had heard coming out of the red and blue game and out of camp here that we've seen some different sets out of uh, the red zone that look like they could be more promising than things that we have seen in the past year. There's one more thing I wanted to pull up about the red zone here that, uh, it stood out to me that I had saw just the other day. I think the Bills had ranked. Let me see here. Bills were towards the bottom of the league in a very important red zone stat that was really, uh, really alarming to me. I think a lot of what they've done in this offseason, though, contributes to what I'm talking about here, though, like what I just mentioned. I think that, that those are two pivotal positions added to this offense that is going to be able to expand in the territory where, you know, that's where a lot of your games are won. We all know this. If you're settling for field goals inside the red zone, the odds of losing dramatically increase. They increase even further, of course, if you're turning the ball over, and we know that they did their fair share of that. I think Josh Allen was leading the league at one point, if not the entire season, in red zone turnovers. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that everything going on inside of the red zone was, was all on him. There was, you were, you were never going to line up uh, Devin Singletary 
and try to get into the end zone that way in short yardage situation. He was just not that kind of back. They didn't have that kind of back. They had Josh Allen, who if you were to look at their entire roster and think, okay, who's a guy who can get us this yardage in this type of situation, he would be the number one choice. So that's why he was put into those situations as much as he was. Um, I can't find the specific thing I was looking at, but it doesn't matter. The, 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 either way, all they, all the, the, the moral of the story was the, the Bills last year, despite being as good as they were on offense, um, were not nearly towards the top of the league in in the red zone. So, one thing that one hundred percent will be on my radar going into the season, especially early on, seeing if that is notching up towards improvement. Because that is one area that if this offense can really nail down, then, you know, you already t- you take an already really good offense and make it just that much better. And when you're putting the exclamation point on awesome drives, it really can be the difference. I mean, think about what I had just said a little bit earlier, right? If you have Spencer, or excuse me, I just read Spencer Brown down in the comments. Oh, my mind. If you go back to what I was just saying earlier about the three losses, right? Three losses by a combined eight points. That's a red zone trip right there in itself. One touchdown and a, and a two-point conversion. You, were, you, you have three games that were decided by essentially one red zone trip. So imagine what the odds of winning are if you are able to cash in more frequently than they had been. I actually want to see – I want to pull up exactly what the uh, the stats were last year. Just to get a better look here. So. If we look at the bills right here in the scoring percentage. You're going to look at it and think it's not all that bad, right? They're at number nine. In the league. And you probably look at that and think it's not all that bad. But when you look at the teams that are ahead of them. That's where you kind of get a little bit concerned. Because these are the teams that I was kind of mentioning earlier that seem to be scoring more. I don't know. If, I don't want to say easy is not the right word, but more fluently. It just kind of seems to come. The points seem to come in a, in a matter that's not just freak plays by Josh Allen. And if you look at this list, Buffalo being at nine, Cincinnati's ahead of them. Kansas City's way ahead of them. KC is number two in the entire league. And then a team, like I mentioned earlier, in Philadelphia, they're number three. So, yeah, the Bills are in the top ten, but their two biggest competitors in the entire AFC are higher than them on that list. And Dallas, shockingly to me, I don't know how that's possible. They're number one. But if you look at the rest of these teams for the most part, they either have a really creative offensive scheme or they have a great run game. And last year, the Bills really didn't, they didn't have either of those, right? Um, and then, of course, the other main issue that I was just kind of talking about a bit is, you know, J- Josh Allen's passing statistics inside of the red zone. Um, just that, that is an area, if you can see that improve, substantially this year, you will see the offense in itself improve substantially because his, um, his completion percentage in the red zone was only 50%. I mean, that, that, that is just frankly not good. And then five interceptions. 
So if you can just eliminate, I mean, obviously stuff's going to happen, but five interceptions, I mean, that in that particular part of the field, that is a lot. But even if you can get that down to two, right, and you get the completion percentage up into the into the low 60s, I mean, it's it's a dramatic difference because you're not talking about you, if you were to say this about any other area of the field, I think it's very marginal because you don't know what that contributes to as far as scoring. But when you're that close to the end zone, you know for a 100% fact how much that contributes to the score because that is the area where you are meant to get the majority of your points. So Damian Harris, Dalton Kincaid, just another reason why I have them circled as, uh, as highly as I do going into the year. And then, you know, I think we're not going to see Josh Allen throw another five interceptions inside the Reds. I just don't see it. I mean, he, it's, it's kind of like trends good and bad have to come to an end at some point. Like last year, the Minnesota Vikings won, what, they won 11-0 in one-score games? They're not going to do that this year. And I'd venture to believe that Josh Allen is not going to lead the league yet again in red zone interceptions. I just don't see it. And when you have additional resources at your disposal to help hinder the amount of interceptions that you throw, take a little bit off of your plate. Well, I think that in itself will lead to further success. Um, tonight, Monday, August 7th, by the way, quick update. We are right around the corner here from our first preseason game, which is just, just another one of those signals right? That tells you just how close we're getting. Uh, it's at home. It is against the uh, Indianapolis Colts, I believe. And it is uh, Saturday the 12th at 1 p.m. Yep, against the Colts in Buffalo. And uh, I'm not entirely sure what the deal is with the, with the I'm going to look this up here. TV options. Okay, so you can watch it with that NFL Plus. I don't do the NFL Plus, but maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I will for this. I probably should. Um, I had NFL Plus for a while. I don't know if anybody else does the NFL Plus. I just found my, that I was never using it. I felt like I was never really using it because all the games are on everything else. And now that YouTube TV has the ticket, I'm so excited about that because we never had direct TV. There was never any reason to have direct TV other than ticket and living in New York or living in Rochester like I did my whole life, the Bills were on uh, local cable, so there was never any reason for it, and then you had Red Zone. Um, but now that I'm down in Connecticut, I got the ticket, and I cannot wait to put that to use. But it looks like you can stream this game if you're not going to it. Uh, Saturday, 1 p.m. against the Colts, you can stream it on NFL+. Plus. So i probably take a look at that, because um, why the hell not? It's the first opportunity to see the Bills against another team before we kick off uh, the year here. Still can't get over just how like you, you type you type in you just type in Buffalo Bills here real quick. And the fact that you can see the calendar and it's well, you don't you don't have to scroll, you know what I mean? You don't have to scroll to see when the game's gonna be. It's like literally on the exact same grid because of how close it is. Oh man, I can't get over it. One other thing I wanted to discuss a little bit, because I think it's definitely worth having a conversation about, because I have heard this being rumbled around. Um, heard this being rumbled around the, uh, you know, social medias and, and, and different um, columns and, and talk radio and whatnot. 
and definitely something that I thought I'd touch on just because I had an instant thought on it that I thought I would try to see what you guys felt about it as well. Um, as we, as we know, of course, we're bringing, uh, you know, DeMar Hamlin is back out on the practice field. I mean, that in itself, uh, just a miracle on display. I mean, his whole journey here from that Bengals game until today is just, it is a living, breathing miracle, the whole thing. And uh, many of you know, I, I, I was at that game in Cincinnati. I saw it firsthand to go from that moment to seeing him out on the field. Now practicing the fan base that he is built up the loyal passionate people coming out to see him just to give their love and support uh, just incredible stuff. Um, the unfortunate reality to the league and really any job and more importantly, the or most prominently sports is that there's, it's a bottom line business. It's all it is. Um, it's unfortunate for anybody who's on the outside looking in of that business or on the fringe of, of being in that situation. Um, there has been circulation going around about the possibility of DeMar Hamlin not being, uh, you know, kept on this team. And I just wanted to give my quick thoughts on that particular ideology because any, I, 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 I couldn't disagree with it more. I understand what this league is and I understand what pro sports are. And they are what I just said. It's all about the bottom line. I mean, I, 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 the perfect example, we were just given it a couple of months ago. That was the live tour and the PGA tour coming together after the PGA had just absolutely shit and pissed on the live tour for uh, well over a year or so d d just ruining the character of anybody who went and played over there just to go and get in bed with these guys. It was, it was just unbelievable. But that right there was the perfect example of they do not care about your personal situation. They care about their personal situation. That's what it's always going to be. This situation is far too unique to me to be able to just look at it from a black and white standpoint or a bottom line standpoint. Um, this is a guy who filled in last year uh, in a role that he probably would not have otherwise if it weren't for injuries elsewhere, right? That's why he was out on the field in the first place. Uh, this is a guy who captivated an entire country in one moment. There was a moment of solidarity that everybody was contributing to in that particular moment on that Monday night in Cincinnati. Every single person across the country who had access to internet or television, they had gotten wind of this story. They were aware of it. They were paying attention to it. And it was Far and away, the biggest sports story, not only of last year, but in some time. It was one of the, it will go down as one of the biggest sports stories and one of the biggest triumphs in all of sports ever, ever. And what has come from that is an extraordinary story that DeMar Hamlin has used to his advantage in a phenomenal way. He has gone and done so much good for so many people. And because of that, he's built up an incredible fan base, rightfully so. And he's done all this while being able to get himself back into condition to be able to go out on a professional football field and contribute. It is unbelievable. When you're just kind of sitting here talking about it, it seems as though words don't necessarily do justice as to how absolutely incredible this story is. But it, it, it is beyond anything that words can define. DeMar Hamlin, in, an, in a, as far as a football player is concerned, he was not a starter on this team last year. And as I mentioned, he was put into the role that he was put into because of injuries on the roster. 
And as it looks right now, there are people reporting that DeMar Hamlin might be one of those guys that is on the fringe of making the team or not. I just have to say, and obviously anything that we say or whatever, it doesn't hold any weight and it never, I mean, why would it? But we all have our opinions on stuff. There is no possible way. There is absolutely no possible way that it could go through the mind of this management to, to let go of DeMar Hamlin. It would simply be one of the worst moves ever made by a franchise. I don't care about the contributions on the field or what his role is going to be out on the field this coming season. It's, you, you, it's something that shouldn't even be talked about, really. It just shouldn't. You got to at least allow DeMar Hamlin to have this year to be back. I, I don't want to hear anything about him being moved on from, from this organization. I think it would be an absolute, it would be a personal assassination of this franchise. It would be self-inflicted to do that. Uh, and, right, and the criticism that would come down on the Bills for doing that would be absolutely justified. Because this is a guy that, you know, we don't realize it, at, to- at the times it's ha- at the time it's happening, but these are these are guys that go out and they absolutely risk everything, um, you know, not just for themselves, but for their teammates and for the league itself, for the fan base. I mean, that is a real thing, and you don't think about that until you are presented with a reason to. And he gave us that reason. Demar Hamlin was a representation of a moment that could happen to any player at any time, at any given game moment. You name it. And the ability to come back from that to where he is now, I just feel like the last thing that should be discussed, and I understand that it's a point of discussion. I'm not harping on anybody for having the discussion. We're having the discussion right now. What I'm getting at is I'm saying that I I don't think that it should be a consideration amongst this organization to move on from a guy after all of that and his ability to come back to here. Because I think even if DeMar Hamlin does not contribute on the field at any point this season, he has been an absolute inspiration to this entire city, the fan base, and within that locker room. And you know that to be true because you saw it on every single one of those players' faces when this moment occurred. I just think having him around is crucial. And I think it's the best for everybody involved. And I understand time goes on and you have to be able to do what's best for both parties. I get that. But this given year, I just do not see any reasoning for that to be in consideration. And I just think it would be a terrible move by the bills. And and because of that, I just don't think that it's even going to be a a possibility. The only reason I bring it up is because I have been hearing that that is, uh, you know, something to consider DeMar Hamlin being on the, the fringe, so to speak of making this team. And I just kind of wanted to say that I don't think that there is any consideration to be had here. Um, Cause I, I, I don't see how you could possibly, Take a man who was in that situation, having gone through all he's gone through, and move on from him just for the sake of an additional uh, depth spot on this roster. It would make no sense to me, and I think it would be an absolute travesty. Uh, so because of that, I think DeMar Hamlin does way more good being on this team than he would without. And I just wanted to give my personal thoughts on the situation as I hear it, because I do completely get it. This is a bottom line league. It is a business in itself. That is what this is. It is a business and business decisions are made every single day in this league in 
in a capacity in which the people making them are very uncomfortable. You'll see it on hard knocks, right? You'll, you'll see it coming up here where the players get cut. Nobody wants to cut the player. Nobody wants to be cut, whatever. I get that. But in this particular situation, you're not just moving on from a random guy because he isn't, you know, the best player on the field. Um, and I understand, look, people are coming in here. They disagree. I, I totally get it. I totally get your, uh, your opinion on it. 100%. James coming in here. He says, disagrees about big time. I totally get it. But I just want to ask you this. Uh, if you think that that isn't going to be an absolute media blitzkrieg of negativity coming towards these Buffalo Bills, if they make that move, then you're dead wrong. It would be an absolute, it would be a horrific backlash unlike you have ever seen. And if that is not known within the top of this organization, then the incompetence, I don't, I wouldn't need to see much more to prove that that, that is well and alive inside of this organization. And I have yet to be proved that. I've been given no reason to believe that there's any incompetency amongst the top of this franchise and those who run it. This would be a bonehead, incompetent move that would rightfully get an insane amount of backlash. It's the truth. And I'm 100% um, understanding of your mindset to disagree here. I totally get it because I do understand, like I keep saying, that this is a bottom dollar league. It is a bottom dollar league. And that's all it is. But this situation was absolutely unprecedented. I mean, you all know how unprecedented this was. And I just don't see who benefits from this at all, even having, even, even considering it. I just don't see who benefits from it. Because I don't think moving on from DeMar Hamlin for an additional spot is going to make this big wave on this team towards, towards further success. I just, there's no way. I don't see who benefits from it at all. And I don't see the reasoning behind having to make a decision like that. Um, I just don't think that it's that pressing right now. And I do get, you know, time goes on. And, you know, maybe, maybe next year you have to make that move. Okay, so be it. But I think you have to give DeMar at least another year on this team. Uh, and like I said, the only reason I bring this up is because I've been hearing, you know, I've been hearing people talking about this, and this is just my initial thoughts on it. My initial thoughts were I, I don't see the benefit at all uh, that anybody gets from a situation like this where you decide to go that route. I just don't. Um. One last thing I wanted to bring up about, uh, it was kind of back to the blue helmet thing. I didn't get a chance to touch on it earlier, mainly because the, uh, I, think, I think the cat stormed in or whatever, who the hell knows. But uh, one thing I wanted to talk about that I thought was awesome that I saw over the weekend, and it was kind of back to what I was touching on earlier about discussing, you know, what Pierre had kind of coined there, uh, the what we have mentality. Uh, I always like to take an opportunity to, um, to emphasize just what Josh Allen really has meant to this team, this fan base, this city, this organization. I always take any opportunity I get based on that sentiment. I always take every opportunity I get and try to emphasize it just because I never get enough of it. I never get enough of knowing that Josh Allen is on the Madden cover or Josh Allen's got his own freaking Christmas ornament or a bunch of action figures or three different cereal boxes or whatever. I just, I, I, I will never get over it. And it's only because when you go through such a long period of just dying to have anything that would become even close to being worthy of any of this stuff, 
you know, but once you have it, you have got to be, um, you, you, you have got to be grateful for it. And the way he's embraced it, it's back to the blue helmet thing I was talking about earlier. It's like, you know, you, you have to just, you have to love it because it could go another way. You know, it could go the other way where, you know, he could be the the next great. And it could be like uh, what Aaron Rodgers kind of was at the end of uh, his tenure in Green Bay there, where it's just not, it's not good. I mean, yeah, the, he's a great player, but it doesn't feel right. And, and just turmoil left and right. But not only has Josh Allen been everything we've ever wanted as a quarterback, but he truly has been the, you know, the ultimate Buffalo Bill. And I saw uh, uh, a video this past week, and it's on the thumbnail of this episode where Josh Allen is literally bombarded by fans coming out of the uh, the locker room. And it reminded me of a quote that Peter King had said to Josh Allen last year when he was interviewing him. And also, by the way, Peter King did another interview with Josh Allen this year where he got him back for the, uh, the missed handshake, which was awesome. Definitely check that out when you get the chance. It's hilarious. But Peter King, uh, during that interview last season, he had said to Josh Allen, uh, quote, when you come out to practice, people are screaming at you. It sort of reminds me when I was a kid how they would scream for the Beatles. And I, I, that has always resonated with me because Josh Allen has become the Beatles of upstate New York. And I have seen it firsthand on numerous occasions where I've been at events where Josh Allen's around. And you, I, I, I've shared this with you guys. You've just... You've never seen anything like it. The stardom is is insane. The guy, he's, it's just larger than life. And that is represented by people who get the opportunity to see him. And there was this video. I'm trying to pull it up right now. I have the picture, but there was this video of, uh, of Josh Allen um, running out of practice the other day. And, oh, my God, the, there's these two young girls. And they have never been more excited about anything in their life. Pulling it up right now. I mean, they were going ballistic. And I, other than, like, like what Peter King was saying, like, other than um, rock stars, I, I've never seen anything like it. Even with athletes, I really have never, I've never seen anything like, like maybe, I don't know, like maybe Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan, I guess, but like n nothing like, nothing like this that's hit this home to me that I've been like closely, um, you know, related to, to some degree. Um, it, it, I got, I got to find this. Where the hell is it? It's every time I try to go and find something, I can't freaking find it. Googling 13 Wham Taylor Swift. I think that was 13 Wham who put it up, but the caption was like, it was like Taylor Swift wouldn't even get the same reaction as uh, Josh Allen does at Bill's training camp or whatever. And it was, it's just like so dead on. 
I keep Googling this, and all I'm getting is uh, Travis Kelsey flirting with Taylor Swift, which I don't care about. Good for him, though. He took a shot, I guess. <laughs> what the hell with this? Every, every time I got something lined up. Oh, wait, here we go. I think I got it. This is it? No, but they, oh my God, I didn't even see this one. Well, this just furthers what I was saying. Okay, this is a this is even better. Oh my God, I didn't even see this one. Check this one out. I just found another one. Holy crap. This, this girl is losing it with excitement, man. Dude, I, sometimes this platform, the way it's laid out, I, it makes me just want to lose my mind. Here we go. <laughs> Where is it? Look at this. So, so yeah, this was, yeah, this was one of them that I had saw. So I think this is, this is this guy's, this is this girl's brother right here. Right. And I think he asked Alan if he can go and see his sister right there. Yeah. Look at, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. You see this? Oh my God. Look at that face. That is just pure bliss. Look at this. Oh my God. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't fake that. Look at that. That is pure joy. Pure joy. Think back to 20 years ago. You want to know the only person crying like that? You want to know who the only person crying like that was? Me. And it wasn't happy tears. It wasn't happy tears. It was, oh God, another year of nothing. I think that is the coolest thing. Another guy that I think is pretty cool just happened to stop by in the background real quick. He's all right, I guess. My main man, Rico. What is up, baby? I wasn't expecting to see you. Yeah, listen, I just went to, I wanted to get front row seats before I went to work. I, I go to work in 10 minutes. I was like, you know what? I'm in Z-Bot's on. I'm still up. I never went to bed tonight. Oh, I was damn, like, let me just pop in and check out my guy, Z-Bot. We were just, did you hear what we were talking about just a couple minutes ago? I love every bit of it. I love. What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on that? Because I think that I think that there's a there's a um, I think it's a conversation that's you know worth. I think it's interesting to have because I understand both sides. I just I think it's a really really tough situation, but one that I tend to lean heavily on one side of. Hold on, were you just talking about the Josh Allen? No, I was talking about um, uh, DeMar, I don't know if you've heard about you know Demar Hamlin maybe being on the on the on the edge of making the team or not, and I, we were kind of discussing that. Listen, I just shared my thoughts on Demar Hamlin. Just oh, you did? Show. Did you? And I didn't get a chance to check it out. What, what did you? What did all you good. Say? I pretty much said love the guy, love everything he stands for, love everything that's going on right now. Yeah, but I'm I'm getting a little tired of the Demar, 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 Demar when he's De Demar is safety. Four yes on the team yes but for pr for pr reasons yes you can't let him go you can't you just can't do it because that, yes he brings national attention to the team he brings fans to the to the i mean not that we're never going to get fans to the to the to the team and to the seat to the seats but 
he's box office. He's one of the more popular players, yeah, not yeah. just in the NFL. He's more, he's a popular athlete. Yeah, he had a top 10 selling jersey. Hamlin. Everyone knows who he is. Yeah. He cut him. I, I had just, I had felt that I don't, I just don't see how anybody benefits from doing that. And the only reason I brought it up, like, like I had mentioned, is just because I've been hearing wind of it. And my immediate gut reaction was there's just no possible way. You, you just can't do that. You just can't do it. Listen, there's no way. There's, there's keeping a guy. Listen, why is Matt Barkley on the freaking team? Because Josh Allen loves him. And he'd be the first to tell you. There you go. Right. So it's not because of a great skill set. And uh, he's come. I mean, Kyle Allen is no, is, he ain't lighting the boards up. And that's why Matt Barkley is somewhat relevant. However, this DeMar Hamlin situation, listen, let's, let's, let's play it out. Yeah. Hyde, Poyer, Rap. Those are your three guys. Yes. The Ron Neal, whether you want to call him a safety, nickel, whatever you want to call him, he has, he has special teams prowess. He has special teams uh, credibility. All right. Whether you want to count him as a nickel or corner or count him as a safety, whatever you want to do. All right. Now you got D Marlo. We love D Marlo. D Marlo knows the system extremely well. Yeah. Right. So Dean Marlo aside, uh, I'm trying to think of who who are the other say Cam Lewis is playing a little bit of and he's gaining some traction. No, he's not seeing the field. No, it's not about I, not seeing the field. It's not about not seeing the field. It's just can you? It's it's not about something else. It's where do you? Is there more value at another position over a fourth safety? That's what you have to think of. It's not that is he's that like, value no, worth being. Is in right, so like tone deaf as you could possibly imagine. That's the thing, right? So, like, and, and I don't see it happening because I mean, we kept four safeties last year, we'll keep four safeties this year. Um, Jaquan Johnson, don't forget, Jaquan Johnson was the guy you know, saying that we we had on the squad, so he's not there. Uh, they brought in um, Anderson, Zane Anderson, I believe. So, he should make the team, however, it shouldn't just be a lock, it shouldn't be a lock because the way Cam Lewis is showing his versatility. Cam Lewis is a gunner. He's next to, you know what I'm saying? He's next to uh, Saran Neal. So there's there presents his value there. Don't forget, we got Teron Johnson as your nickel. Mm-hmm. Taylor Rapp is going to be, you know what I mean, all over the place. So there's... Oh, that backfield's loaded. I mean, it's loaded up when healthy. I mean, that's for sure. Pull up pull up the roster. We'll just look at the we'll look at the physical roster because sometimes you can you can utter these, these names by head and just say, okay, uh-huh, uh-huh, and who do... And then we start looking at who's on the on the squad. Like we might want to keep more linemen this year than safeties. You see how deep our linemen are. We are deep at the defensive front, deep at defensive tackle, deep at defensive end. Maybe we don't want to listen. We might have to make a decision on Boogie Basham. We may not want to get rid of Boogie Basham. So wait, shoot, do do we need three safeties? Do we need four safeties? Do we need five? Safeties? Ah, maybe we should just keep an extra defensive end because. Decision is gonna have to be made. Now, I don't think they're gonna do it from a from a a PR standpoint. You just can't do it. You can't. You can't let that brother go. And it wasn't like he was playing horribly. Well, that's why I wanted to talk about it. I gotta be honest. When I even heard it, I was like, I was like, because I I just I I I do understand it entirely. I'm looking at it from two angles, and the one angle that I'm looking at it that's the most prominent is how this will 100% be looked at. And I think rightfully so probably. And that, and that is something that I think if you bring that upon yourself, it is just, 
Uh, it is just foolish. It is just foolish. Well, how do you feel about it? I think that he should 100% be kept for this season. Absolutely. Because he's because he's great, because he's good at the position, or is it just because you want to keep him because it's DeMar Hamlin? What's the real reason? Give the real reason as to why you think the real that. reason is because yeah. I think that, that, yes, I think that this is a 100% unprecedented, never before seen situation mm-hmm. that I think if you are to less, I, I can see it now, Rico. I can see it now. If this happens, it is headline number one everywhere. And it, and is that is that what you want? Because when you saw the nothing burger between Josh Allen and Stefan get, Diggs get made into a month-long story, there will be people that will find a million different angles on this one to tear down the Buffalo Bills over something that any other organization in this in this situation would have to face and, and potentially do, right? They're being put in an impossible situation. And I think that when you boil it down to what what what's going on, you know, in itself, whatever your whatever the exact situation is, mm-hmm. ultimately what you want to do in a situation like this is do what's best for the organization and what's best for everybody involved. And I think that that 100% leads to keeping DeMar Hamlin on the roster. I like I don't see how I and I, maybe you think differently, but I don't see how uh, one additional roster spot ends up tilting this team so much better one other way that it's worth not having DeMar Hamlin on the roster. Okay, so they consider Saran Neal a safety-ish. I mean, he's he's just all over the place. But I, I'm going back to last year. I'm trying to see how many snaps uh, DeMar Hamlin played because he has, he's got a lot of snaps under his belt, especially with when Micah High went down, right? So they have six of them right now currently on the roster, by the way. Give, give me the names right now. Uh, Zane Anderson, Hamlin, Micah Hyde, uh, Jared Maiden, Jordan yep. Foyer, and Taylor Rapp. There you go. Okay. So your four, your big four. Clearly, you got Hyde, you got Poyer, you got Rapp. Now, I think that the more Hamlin conversation is more for people just to kind of, you know what I mean, just talk. He's clearly the number four safety. Now, I agree the only you. reason that they'd ever consider not keeping four safeties and they want to keep an extra corner or they want to keep an extra lineman, or it's just, it's a numbers game. But I don't think the numbers are are indicative enough to say, DeMar, you're gone. It just, it would be a PR nightmare. Now you got to deal with the team that, you know what I mean? He, he fought hard to get back and just to only cut him. How could the Bills do this? They don't want to deal with that nightmare. Look, look what they did to the punter for crying out loud. They didn't waste any time. They said, yo, you got to go because the PR nightmare. Now I'm not comparing the two in terms of like, oh my gosh, but the PR nightmare, they don't want to deal with that. I don't want to have to deal with keeping a, a punter that allegedly was part of something. Cut. Now I can just focus on what I got to do. They they can't and they would never get rid of DeMar Hamlin. Right, because not he's not. it's not like it's a detriment to the point where it would be beneficial. Exactly. He's not that's, a liability. That's what he's I'm not saying. A exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why I was saying, like, the fact that I thought that I had even heard that getting tossed around was, like, shocking to me. I, you know I, I, mean? I listen. I like Demar Hamlin. I think he's a fine player. I think he, he had some moments last year that were like, okay, For sure, he's nice. He had some moments where you're like, oof, okay, he's young. He's still got things. Some he's got some things to learn. But at the end of the day, you got to give this this young guy. And here's the here's the the sentimental part. Mm-hmm. You have to give this young man his ability to claw back and get onto the football field of regular season. So now you can get all that out of the way, and then. You're good. Now, by next year, if he's moved up a notch, we'll see. Because don't forget, 
You got Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier. They, they're not 25 years old anymore. You mean they're 30 and up, right? Jordan Poirier was this close to going to Miami. Miami was like, they just didn't see the, the need to bring in Poirier. I don't know if it was price-wise. I don't know what the deal was, but they felt, nah, we good. So who knows how long Poirier really has and that's Micah true. Hyde, how great and how healthy he is. He says he's really healthy. That's great. But like one goes down again. We're right back to the same situation. You're going to need DeMar Hammond, so you can't let him go. I'm actually gotta- shocked at these numbers, by the way, Rico, as I'm looking it up here. Uh, so, according to Pro Football Reference, it, he, DeMar Hamlin played almost 81% of the defensive snaps last year. Dude, he played a lot of football, man. Yeah, so that's he just a lot to of me, it's another reason where it's just like, how, I, can't, I don't even know how you're considering it. No, you got you to gotta keep the brother on. I mean, 100%. the conversation's fun to have, and is he going to make it? But when you really look at it, the only reason he may not, or the only reason the conversations be had is if you want to keep an extra lineman either in the trenches, D, D or O, or an extra corner. But can't see it happening. We're not keeping an extra receiver. Six receivers is where we stay at. Right. We're not doing seven. So he's making the squad. He's making the squad. That's that's so, the only way to look at it. Before I let you go, before I end the show tonight, I uh, I want to, because I was saying just before you hopped on, how you know we've kind of seen firsthand the stardom of Josh Allen. And I, I was reminded the other day of a quote from Peter King last year where he had asked um, Josh Allen what it was like to kind of uh, walk out to the practice field every day being bombarded the way he is with people. And he said it reminded him of seeing the Beatles when he was a kid. He compared Josh Allen to the Beatles as far as the way people react when they see him. And we've kind of seen a little bit like of the stardom in person where it's just like unlike anything you've ever seen. I wanted to see what you what you uh, thought about this. These young girls the other day, I think it was yesterday at practice. I mean. I, I was just trying to think of another example where I've seen anything like it other than like a major, super, super huge rock star, pop star. I've never seen anything quite like this. This was uh, after practice just the other day. Um, Josh Allen walking out. First of all, Josh Allen is a star. Josh Allen is a star. He's a mega star. Like there's, there's stars and then there's superstars. And Josh I just think the, the addition of the Buffalo situation being as small as it is, that's what it amplifies at times. A million. It amplifies it 10 times. He's a bigger star than Jim Kelly and them 90s boys have ever been. He is a he's not just a star. He's a superstar. And there aren't many superstars in the NFL. You see that he's a superstar? Oh, yeah. The guy's a star. I mean, that he's girl, is, that girl is sobbing, man. Bro, they, there was another footage where I don't know if you played it or where this 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 good for the young the young kid man. I he just goes, said I can't. Hey Josh, go. hey Josh, hey Josh. My sister's wearing a bucket hat and she loves and she's been crying That's about you. Hat up, yeah. Goes, Your sister with a bucket hat. Cool. Walks over, gives her a hug, made her made her life. You know, made just made her day. The he look on her life. face was insane. Oh. I just had it up. It's it crazy. was nuts. Now and I will I say something with anybody else. Here it is. I got it right here. I I, you yeah. know, I, I don't see it with anybody else. I mean, look at that. It's, it's crazy. That is wrong on, no. on, on the, the highest scale. You know, but I'm going to tell you this, man. Z-Bot, I said this to, to folks, and I, I, I have this I have this clipped. I have this clipped. I don't know when I'm going to you know, put it out there because I'm waiting for it to happen. But I like this Josh Allen that's, you know what I mean, kissing babies literally. You know what I'm saying? Shaking hands. Yeah, they all do it. The old, the old Jim, he's giving the old Jim Duggan thumbs up. Love all yeah, that, yeah. right? But I need Josh Allen to tap in to the asshole Josh Allen. Mm. I need that this year. This whole nice guy, 
this whole nice guy thing. He's genuinely a nice person. He's genuinely a good kid. He was brought up very well. You know what I'm saying? And I need you to turn it on. Turn on the freaking asshole. What does that turn look like on. to you? What does that look like to you? What that looks like to me when yeah. you when you let Lyman just slide in and blindside my my eye, I'm gonna rip you up on the side of the day. Oh, what was that? Get it together. My receiver drops. Dawson like, drops like an easy one. Dawson like drops an easy one. Us doing this will turn into that. Hey, catch that damn football. It's gonna be a whole lot of new era. Josh Allen. That's what I want because I think that's what we need. That flip, that flip of that. Maybe that's what puts us over the edge. All this nice guy act is cool, and I love it. I really do love it. Off the cameras, I love it. Do what you do. So you're talking strictly field. Oh my gosh, strictly field and in the okay. pressure. In the pressure. I'm all about that. I so want I it all. I want Josh Allen to be at the podium. That's what I, I want. I want it to be like slash. He's like a good guy slash can be a heel. Sometimes that's Maybe what almost strike, strike me as in that quarterback series. If you, if you, I haven't watched, I only watched an episode. I haven't really gotten deep too deep into it, but like, he's, that's how he is. Got to turn it on, man. You can't just be the nice guy all the time. And I'm not saying he's nice all the time, but he gives us the impression that he's, he's PR. Like he's, he's always on it. He's PR Josh. He's just, he knows how to answer everything at all times and stay the course and much respect for him. But yo, I need you to turn around, man. I need, I need you to be a dickhead. I need that. The and one maybe that turns that this whole to, team around. The one moment that comes to mind is when I think it's really the only moment you we ever really saw him truly lose it was when they took the lead against the Chiefs. It wasn't a negative thing; it was a positive. But that was you can see it now. Like, let's go, let's go. That one, oh, dude, like there is, like I, 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 I agree that with that. I Everyone agree with that one hundred percent. That's yeah. Tom Brady right there. That's uh, that's Tom Brady. This is what I mean. And holding guys accountable and making sure because he tells us he's he's said it to the world. Like ever since you mean some changes have happened this offseason, I'm more focused than ever. Well, with this newfound focus that you have, I'm hoping that you make every freaking guy accountable on this squad and let's not mess around, right? Let's you mean business, and that's what I want. So, I mean, we'll see, we'll see. But don't get me wrong, I love Josh Allen, I love every bit of Josh Allen, but I need him to turn it up, turn it up a little bit. I'm all about that. I, I love that as long as it doesn't, as long as, it, and I never could foresee this. I, as long as it's not on the podium, then 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 you should be the biggest asshole on the field. I kind of want it in the podium as well. I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. You say that, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you. You don't think I like it, <laughs> dude? Because it's never worked out for anybody. Think about it though. Hey, you guys don't look like you're a playoff team. Okay, that was the that was his response. Okay. But that was a perfect response. It wasn't an asshole response. I know, but sometimes you got to turn it back on and say, fuck you. You feel me? No, 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 no. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Hey, Jerry, Jerry's at you. (laughs) Meet me up. You know what I mean? I kind of want a little bit of a little bit of bite back. But then here's the thing. You want to know what you're asking for, though, Rico? You're asking for a little bit of Johnny Manziel, a little bit of Baker Mayfield, a little bit of bad. That's what you're asking for. And that's what you I want a bit of Tom Brady. I want a bit of Peyton Manning. Brady was the most respectful person at the podium in the history of the league. They know how to how to give it to you in a way where it doesn't, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going over the top here, but they know how to give it to you in a way where we're like, oh, that little jackass. You feel me? But all right. So know. on a scale of what Sean Payton did the other day and like Kirk Cousins, where do you want where do you want him on that scale? I, I need I need him. I need him at I need him right above 
Right at where do I want? Where do I it's want? Tough, right? Dude, it's a it tough, tough. It's a tough ground to, to tread. That's why I just wanted to turn it on just a little bit, and it just has to be internal with his guys, right? Making them a pound. Like, listen, when Tom Brady yells at you, you know he don't mean it because he'll go right back to second, like the next series, and you guys are chopping it up and having a good time. Like even when Jeff Saturday went to Peyton Manning, oh, and he was like, "Don't I, tell me what to do. Do your effing job. Don't tell me what to do. They do your effing job." And they go back at it, and guess what? They're great after. But sometimes those things happen. Now, in today's NFL, anything that gets, you know what I'm saying, put out there, it gets blown out of proportion. And then now it's a big mess. And now I wouldn't mind him seeing I wouldn't mind him seeing uh I wouldn't mind seeing him break a couple of surface tablets. I mean, listen, do something, you know what I'm saying? But now we know Josh when he's dialed in, he's dialed in. We've seen the Josh when he's sitting on the sideline and he's just he's dialed in. We've also seen him deject dejected, dejected, excuse me. So We'll see. This is gonna be this is a big year, man. This is a big year. I'm 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 looking forward to it. I just need to listen. I just wanted 10, 15 minutes on with my guys, Eby, because I saw you I'm cooking in here. Yeah, no, that's just great. I had this to jump in there, but Demar Hamlin yeah. makes a team. No, the only reason I, I asked is because I, I I actually haven't I hadn't uh I hadn't talked to anybody about this. It just kind of hit me. I remember hearing about it, and um I was just interested to see what people thought about it, just because uh it, it wasn't something I thought that the conversation would be had, but I thought it was an interesting one at that because, because that this is the, this is the inter- interesting intricacies of, of pro, pro sports is, is moments like this, where it's, you're kind of treading, you have to tread the line between knowing exactly what's right and also doing exactly what's best for the business. And they almost always go for what's best for the business. So it's, you know, it's an interesting combo. It is an interesting combo. And, I, and I'll tell you, and I had one more topic I want to bring up, but we're going to have to save this for another one because this one's a, this one's like, it's a lengthy conversation oh, that we have to have. It's a it's a good. I I was I was uh, listening to uh, a pod today, and there was a discussion that came on between on how to fan, if you will, how to fan. But anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. I love your thoughts I on, that. on that. I think I know where you're going with good it. Conversation. Let's It'd do be, it. it. It'd definitely be a good conversation. But anyways, I gotta go, bro. You handle your business. Thank y'all for letting me come in and crash Zbot show. Zbot, we're gonna have to do this again. You know that. Obviously, and there'll be much more of this throughout the season. That is a promise. Me and Rico got some stuff cooking up. We just got to nail it down. Listen, you got kids. I got cats now. As you know, I'm a big cat dad now. I got responsibilities. But we're gonna get the. We're gonna. We got some stuff in the works that we're gonna wire down, and it's gonna be fun throughout the season. So I can't wait for that. Um, what was I gonna say before I closed up shop here? I had one thing on my mind. I can't remember what the hell it was. Saw somebody say, what was it, Z-Mac coming here. He said, oh, oh, cool. He said, got to meet Talbot and Perino at Dorado Wingnuts earlier in Rochester for Shao Pa. That's sweet, man. Uh, I still haven't been to that Wingnuts. I still haven't been to that Wingnuts. The guy, the, the place that the Barstool Boys uh, rave about. I still have not been there. They say it's the best. Oh, my God, by the way. Thanks for bringing that up, Z Matt. It reminded me. I got my dad with it the other day. It was perfect. Did you see Josh Allen on uh, part of my take where he says to Big Cat and uh, PFT, he asks him if he's been to, uh, if they've been to room 40. So, speaking of wing nuts, uh, PFT and Big Cat are like, oh, wing nuts, our favorite spots, our favorite spot. And, Josh is like, oh, you got to go to room 40 for the wings. You got to go to room 40. It's right down the street. They got the best wings, <laughs> whatever. They're like, they're like, what is it? What is it? 
is it as good as wing nuts or whatever? And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, you got to go. And, he, you know, he, and Big Cat's like, all right, I'll go. We'll go later. And Josh is like, where are you going to go? And, and Big Cat goes, room 40. And then Josh goes, room 40's nuts. And I don't know why. It, I, I just, I, I absolutely died laughing. Because I when he said room 40, my mind immediately went to, where the hell's room 40? Because I haven't had those wings. And if, if Josh is hyping them up, they got to be damn good. So my mind immediately goes to it being an actual wing joint. And then he blindsides them with the, with the room for these nuts. And it got me good. I was dying. I was laughing like, like I was in seventh grade again. Killed me. He got them so good with that. See, what Rico was just talking about a minute ago is kind of, it's an interesting thing that he brings up because it, it, it is something that I, um, I agree with it and I, and I disagree with it all at the same time. And we'll have to save that full debate for uh, another show, just because there's a lot of, there's a lot of elements that go into exactly what he's asking for. And it's very, very tough to blend the two. And Tom Brady is, I mean, this was just part of Tom Brady's evil genius. It, It was not only was he the best player on the field, but he was also an absolute master wizard of the podium because he never let anybody know he was mad. Even when he was getting dragged through the legal system and cheating allegations. I mean, the guy had a smile on the whole time. He was like, he was talking to the media. Like you'd talk to your grandma, man. I mean, and he did that for 20 years, but when he was on the field, he would rip your ass apart. He would throw things and yada, yada. But he mixed it together beautifully well. Beautifully well. Peyton Manning was also very, very good at that as well. But Brady is the poster child for the ability to tread the line between being an absolute ass and also being the nicest guy on the planet. And that was also another reason why we hated him. Because we were all like, we are as Bills fans, you just naturally hated him because of the abs- just the the pure torment the guy put us through, but you also hated him because you watched him on the field and then you'd go and watch him in the media and you're like, Oh my God, I can't stand this ass. You know, like, Oh my God. It's kind of like what Rogers is becoming that to me. Like Rogers is becoming that where it's like, he's the guy on the field. who will roll your eyes at you. He'll blame you. It's your fault on the field. And then on the podium, he'll do the opposite. It's like, dude, I'm watching you on the field. Like your body language is telling me everything I need to know. It doesn't, I don't really care what you have to say afterward. Like last year, you could just tell with all these young guys playing on the, on the Packers, you could just tell like he was just like, and afterwards, you know, he would say whatever. And but to me, it's, I, I know how you feel just by looking at you. And unless you are just incredibly sincere afterwards and you say, oh, it's not what I meant or whatever. Okay, fine. But you can tell. Brady was so good, and, and Brady also hid behind the mask in which what in which he would, or we would all interpret as competitiveness, right? Where like if Brady would go to the sideline and just destroy your lot your life apart because you blew a playoff, or you know he would break another surface tablet, we would always just we would mask it over with competitiveness because he was the goat. He was so good that you would just blind you would you would paint over those quote unquote negatives 
as competitiveness just because you had no real angle to knock him down. Like you couldn't, when you're that good, you can get away with that stuff. But that's why Baker Mayfield did not succeed in this league. That's why Cam Newton fizzled out. That's why Johnny Manziel didn't have a prayer of making it in this league. I think it's a big reason why Zach Wilson was moved on from as quickly as he was. Your character can be right. People are smarter than you think a lot of the time. Your character can be um, recognizable in more ways than what you just say at the podium and how you hold yourself. And one of those is your body language on the field. And I know for a 100% fact, based on talking to guys in that locker room, as well as just being able to see it, because I, I, I don't think you can hide this. Josh Allen is a team first guy. The guys in the locker room will tell you, and you can see it just by watching it. I'm telling you, it's not as obvious as you think it is from everybody. It is with Josh Allen. And I think when you're asking for this mean streak, I understand it. But it is an incredibly tough thing to do, to blend being the on-field dick and being the media darling. It's really tough. And when things go south, they're going to people are going to hone in on the stuff you're doing on the field. That is, you know, riling the guys up or whatever. I mean, how many times did we have, we used the gif of Bill Belichick throwing the surface tablet in the garbage or Brady breaking one of them or him screaming at somebody. We did it a million times. I think Josh Allen does a terrific job uh, of, of leading the right way. And I think there is a right way. And I think we are incredibly lucky that the face of the NFL right now is being led by, I think, some extraordinary dudes. I, I, I think that. I think that Mahomes, as much as I dislike him on the field, um, he's a Brady-esque type dislike to me, where my almost the entirety of my hatred for him is simply just due to how good he is. You watch that quarterback series, I, I don't really know how you could knock the guy down. I just don't. He seems like a really good dad. He seems like a good husband, a good family guy. He seems like a one hell of a teammate. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I can't sit here and lie. I, I got nothing on the guy. As far as character is concerned, I just don't. I just dislike him because of how good he is. 100%. Justin Herbert, same type of guy. I see Joe Burrow's name getting thrown in there. Joe Burrow is just, what the problem with Joe Burrow, he's just got that cocky, cool swag to him that is really easy to hate when you are playing against him. I think if Joe Burrow was on the Bills and he was doing the exact same thing, we would love it. I guarantee you it. Problem with him is he's like a mo- he's got like that model looking type vibe to him with the hair and, and the, the outfits that he wears, right? And then he's got that constant Joe Cool type mentality where everything's very like one word type answers, very, very confident. I can see why people, I mean, me personally, Joe Burrow, he can get on my nerves, but I don't particularly hate the guy. Um, but that was the main reason I, I, like, truth be told, that was the main reason I was rooting heavily for the Chiefs in the AFC Championship last year. When that Burrowhead shit got out and the mayor of Cincinnati was talking and all these guys... I mean, do you know how much it takes for me to have to actively root for the Chiefs? But you blended together all of that bullshit mixed with the fact that they had just beaten the Bills the week before. You bet your ass I was rooting for the Chiefs in that game. In the second, the second that Burrowhead stuff came out, 
I placed one of the bigger bets of my life on the Kansas City Chiefs to win that game. That minute, I knew wholeheartedly without a shadow of a doubt. Even when that game was as tight as it was till the end, there was no way in hell the Chiefs were losing that game. They could not allow Joe Burrow and that entire city and that franchise to disrespect the best team in the NFL over the last handful of years to disrespect them to that level and get away with that. Just, there was no possible way I could fathom it happening. And it didn't. Um, but I don't know how much of that. I kind of cut him, Joe Burrow, a little bit of slack in that department, just because I don't know how much of that was him. I think a lot of that was just blown up by his teammates and the fan base and the city itself, the mayor and whoever else. And he kind of just took the brunt of it. But I will say his, his shtick, the cool guy stuff, it is incredibly annoying when you're losing to him, but I guarantee you, if you're a Bengals fan, you you love it. Um, with Josh Allen, I just think the way he is right now is the perfect classic Bill. He gives them he gives the vibe of a blue collar guy, which he is. I mean, just because you hand a guy you know nearly a half a billion dollars over the, the, his time here between playing for the Bills and uh, and and ad deals and whatever, the guy is a gazillionaire. But just because you hand somebody that type of money, it doesn't mean that they just immediately become something else. I mean, this is a this is a person who grew up in like a one stoplight town on a farm, driving his buddies to school in the back of his pickup truck. I mean, this is a blue collar guy from a blue collar family in Buffalo, New York, is as blue collar of a town as you can find in the states. And when you look at cities in which have uh, pro pro sports Buffalo is like the, the definition of that. And I think Josh Allen defines that almost too perfectly. And it was recognizable. Like the second he was drafted, I kind of feel that way about Dalton Kincaid. There's just a vibe I get from, from guys. I don't know what it is exactly, but I can just see it. Either they got it or they don't. And I could just tell by Dalton Kincaid when like, oh, there was a video of him doing the, the wristband thing with, uh, with Kelsey there at, at that tight end camp. There's just something about the guy. He's just a likable guy. Josh Allen's a likable guy. They, they don't give you reasons to dislike them. And that's what you want. The only reason you would want someone to dislike Josh Allen is if they're an opposing fan and they don't like him because he can't beat him. That's the only reason. Now, what Rico's asking for, I, I think I get what he's saying. What he's saying is, you know, he wants to see Allen on the sideline. You know, if like if Dawkins gets blown up on a play, he wants to see him, you know, holding Dawkins accountable. Or if, you know, he throws a ball to Knox for a touchdown and he flat out drops it, he wants to see holding Knox accountable. Well, I'll say this. They've gotten this far being pretty damn successful. I understand that it hasn't resulted in what we've wanted, but this team has been one of the best regular season teams the last handful of seasons, the last couple of seasons here. I mean, bar none. And I don't, I don't think anybody in any capacity, media, within the locker room, anybody, there has been absolutely not a soul who has questioned the leadership of Josh Allen. It might have been in question a tad bit during this BS with Diggs, but we all know that that is exactly what that was, BS. So outside of that smear campaign, is there, if you can you think of an example of one time where Josh Allen's uh, leadership capabilities were put into question? Because I certainly can't. And I don't know why you'd want to go and mess up with mess, mess a good thing up. I don't. Because I think if he hasn't done that by now, then he's going to be doing stuff that's out of out of character for him, and that's not what you want. And truth be told, I, I don't want – I don't know if I want that. It's weird. Like, when Diggs did it to Allen at the end of Cincinnati, the Cincinnati game, I, I was in full support of Diggs. Because 
I think that there has to be some capacity of that on the team. And I've been on record saying, man, I, I'm, I was like glad that Diggs did that because it seemed like nobody gave a damn that they just got worked and didn't show up. At least Diggs made it seem like there was some life on that sideline. But the quarterback situation is, is entirely different than any other, any other position in all of sports. The wide receiver, like, you get it. But with the quarterback, the quarterback is the president of your team. If, if, the, if a team is a country, the quarterback is the president. And you want your country being represented the best possible way it can be. And I think we are incredibly lucky the way that this organization is represented by the hands of Josh Allen. And I think the league in itself is incredibly lucky the way it's being represented currently by a lot of these young players. I think it's an extraordinary time to be an NFL fan. Really? I mean, the amount of young talent and not just young talent, but like it just seemingly really good dudes. I mean, outside of the BS with Deshaun Watson, think about all these prominent players playing quarterback right now that you really don't have. You can't think of a bad thing to say about them. And that's an awesome place to be. Because I think it's just, a, it reflects well on everything to do with the product. And the Bills wholeheartedly have one of the best in the game in that department. Now, I, I don't mind seeing some emotion for sure, but I don't want Josh Allen to be known as the guy who's ripping his teammates apart on the sidelines. And even if they come out and say, no, I needed that or whatever, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. All I know is they've gotten this far without anybody questioning Josh Allen's leadership skills. He seems to be doing perfectly fine in the capacity in which he's been operating under uh, since he's gotten to Buffalo. So why fix a good thing? That's all. And, and, and with Rico's, I think what he's getting at is he wants to see more of it on the field. Okay, that's fine. You, you can elevate it a bit, I guess. But the problem is it's so tough to separate that type of person on the field to the podium. I mean, Baker Mayfield was a guy who ran out into the middle of a college football field and grabbed his, grabbed his balls to the, other, to the opponents. And, like, here's the thing. Baker Mayfield was a Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback at Oklahoma. He was incredibly good, incredibly good in college, Baker Mayfield. So you can go and grab your balls on the, at midfield and get away with it because you're one of the best players in the country. But the problem is Baker Mayfield couldn't leave that, that shit at the door. And when he got to the NFL and he was not nearly the best player on his, uh, in his own rooms, perhaps, the, the quarterback room, well, then that stuff gets old pretty damn quick because nobody likes seeing stuff like that from guys who aren't good. The difference here is Josh Allen's good, but you're giving, way, you're giving people way more um, ammo to shit on you when things aren't going so good. And there will be times where things aren't going so good. It happens to every player, the best of the best, no matter what sport, there will be times where things are not going the way we were, we'd hope they're going. And the more ammo you give people to dump on you during that time, the worse it's going to be. And I'd say right now, what, what do you, what do you, what, what's there to, what's there to, to use? But if you got clips of him smoking guys on the sidelines, you got clips of him breaking shit, throwing shit. I mean, don't you remember when Odell Beckham Jr. came off to the sideline and, and got in a fight with the with the uh, the practice kicking thing, the, the the kicking net? I mean, that was like the most viral video on the planet for like a year. You just don't want that. You don't. And 
people will look at, you know, Baker Mayfield or where Johnny Manziel was the same type of thing in college. And it was like the cool thing to, to, to do, I guess, cause they were incredibly good and, and uh, you just kind of let them slide with it. And that's what we did with Brady, except Brady wasn't as egregious as that. Brady just like would freak out on the sideline, but he wasn't, he wasn't going to the nth degree. Like I think that other players have done in the past, but Brady got that uh, unexpiring pass just because of his greatness. The two examples I bring up, Baker Mayfield to me is the most prominent example. I mean, the example with him I bring up is like, yeah, you get away with that in college because you're winning, you win the Heisman, whatever. But I, I, I am a firm believer that that Baker Mayfield, it, it, he might still be a Cleveland Brown if his attitude wasn't so damn terrible. I think that they would have, they would have had a, a much tougher time moving on from him as quickly as they did, and they would have had some. They would have had a longer leash, maybe some more leeway there. If Baker Mayfield had more of a character representation like Josh Allen or Mahomes does than he, than he had at the time. Because in his short stint there at in Cleveland, he got into it with the medical staff. He got into it with Odell Beckham Jr. He got into it with Odell Beckham Jr.'s father. He got into it with the coaching staff. I mean, it was just endless amount of stuff from Baker Mayfield, and they had had enough of it because not only was that getting on their nerves, but the play on the field was mediocre at best. So it's a slippery slope to try and be that, and I guess the moral of the story here is Josh Allen, to me, has been everything you could possibly want at the quarterback position, not only on the field, but to me, just as important representing this franchise and that's why I always try to bring up opportunities uh, that come in front of me like I just did where you know you see these fans just losing their mind over them because there's reasons they're doing that the guy is an icon and he's an icon in the right way and you gotta love it you got to love it uh, 30 seconds then wrong button uh we are wow another two and a half in the books fun one tonight we went a little bit all over the place we had what do we have we had the, we had the cats we had the action figures. We talked a little bit about camp, the uh, red-blue game, the blue helmet, Josh Allen, uh, all a little bit of it all, a little smorgasbord, a little DeMar Hamlin. Good show. I had a blast with you guys tonight. And like I say every week, one show down, every time we knock a show down each week, that just means the next time I see you, we are one more closer to the season. So now that I think about it, this is, we got 35 days from tonight. So we got one smoke break, two smoke break, three smoke break. I won't be on with you the Monday night they play. So think about it like this. This is the best way to think about it, to let yourself know if you're having a bad day at work or if you're just, you know, you're trying to get through the week. The best thing that you can think about is this. We are three smoke breaks away from the Buffalo Bills playing actual real live NFL football. That counts. Three smoke breaks. I'll be back with you next Monday night. A week from tonight, we will recap Bill's Colts preseason. We'll have some actual football to talk about, which is awesome. Can't wait for that. But until then, enjoy the rest of your week. And thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to the smoke break here with me on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. And we will talk on the next one. As always, go Bills. 30 seconds, Ben. Long button again. I'm like obsessed with that button. What the hell? Bye, guys.